From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast. Friday, August 26, 2016, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible content includes more than a quarter million audio programs from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. But unlike a streaming or rental service with Audible, you actually own your own books. They have a My Library thing where you can access your books anytime, anywhere, right from your smartphone or any, oh, yeah. any device. That's cool. Yeah, uh, They have a WhisperSync thing too for for voice it lets you switch back and forth between reading the book on a kindle or the kindle app or listening to the audiobook so it's really where oculus rift anywhere you're enjoying your book <laughs> just immerse so, hey um you know what i have an offer for you for you cameron regarding what? audible tell me how would you like to start releasing the magazine on Audible with me just gently reading the magazine to someone? <laughs> like gently. whisper syncing it. Whisper syncing it. <laughs> so he takes it very literally. He's going to whisper. But but also I just do descriptions. I'm like, and here is uh, it's like a picture of like a kid. there's like a kid looking off into the distance and he's sort of thinking about his future. And the headline is, "What am I going to do about my life?" <laughs> oh, you make the magazine sound so compelling. Yeah, I can't I, wait to hear that. Well, I wrote the article. I thought it was yeah. great. Right now. Uh, I, I'm, I actually am in the middle of an audible.com book. I hear you. What uh, is it? Present over, present over perfect. Shauna reads it. Shauna Nyquist's wow. new book. Does yeah. she sound like her? It sounds like I'm listening to portions of the podcast. It's great. That's awesome. I would love to, because I read it, I would love to hear it because it's pretty personal. I'd yeah. love to hear how she. It's, and it's, it's a conversational tone. That's what's great about Audible is I feel like when you read books that yeah. is an author's, like, especially that write conversationally, you can actually hear. Yeah, it was like the Steve Martin book. That was the first time I realized that. It was like so amazing. Audible. Right now, you can get a 30-day free trial at audible.com by going to audible.com slash relevant. Go to that specific URL, and you can get a 30-day free trial today. And you support the show. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron, and here in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. Cameron, nice to see you, man. Over there on the ones and twos, our producer, Chandler Strang. Hello. My brother. And joining us in studio today, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Glad to, glad to be here. This it's is, always fun to do it in person. It's really nice. Yeah. I, it's a lot of swiveling for me. I look left, I look right. <laughs> so I look left. Jesse, Jesse got up at 4 a.m. today yep. to fly in. 4 a.m. Landed and walked right into the studio. Yeah. I mean, I literally got out of the car. I, I stopped, got a Dr. Pepper from the refrigerator and put down my bag right here. And here we are. <laughs> did you shave this morning when you left the house? Yeah. Oh, yeah. At 4 a.m. <gasps> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, I did not shave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always did, you know, the altitude, for some reason, just makes the beard grow faster. <laughs> just Is that a thing? It just pulls it out of you a little bit more. <laughs> Harrys.com. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hey, so we have a great show coming up. Uh, this is a good one. In studio also today, uh, coming on in about an hour, is uh, N- comedian Nate Bargatze is yes. joining us yes. in studio. Now, Jesse and I, if you remember when we went to South by Southwest this spring and we came back, we were supposed to be talking about bands. And all we were talking mm-hmm. about was the comedy show we went <laughs> yeah. to that Judd Apatow put together. And this comedian who just stole the show. He brought the house. He, Nate Bargatze. Yeah. And so we're like, who is this guy? And yeah. I was like, he seems familiar. Oh, okay. He's been on Fallon. He's been on uh, Conan, all the ones. And and so we're, we go into like a YouTube wormhole yeah. watching this guy's comedy. It's hilarious. Oh, man. And oddly clean. Yeah. Like that was the thing at a Judd Apatow show. Right. 
the fact that totally clean, totally clean. So like, what's this guy's story? Well, if we find out on, he was on Pete Holmes's podcast last year, had an in-depth hour long conversation opens up about his faith. Mm. So we reach out to him. And he's in town today, so he's coming through the studio. I, I gotta, I gotta do a little behind the wizard's curtain here. <laughs> Who's the wizard? <laughs> the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. No, but are I'm you the wizard or in, the you? in this metaphor, Chandler's the wizard? Okay, okay, Chandler's the wizard. You're the little orange guy <laughs> who closes the curtain. The curtain is the curtain. The Does Holy the, Spirit. The, well, I think it. I don't think it's a <laughs> no, curtain. That was I think ripped it's a in slot. two, man. I think it's a slot on the door. On day that three, that through. curtain okay. was ripped down the middle. Then Ripping I, two. It was the second. Temple. I'm getting close to blasphemy, so I should just abandon this <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> um, no, but we were talking earlier. Like the, the, we do a lot of interviews, right? I mean, we talk to you know thought leaders. We talk to musicians. We talk to actors. We we talk to to writers. I'm nerv- I'm not nervous, but I'm I, I, no, it, I when you see a comedian because they're, they're such great performers and like their humor is so honed that right. it's like I'm a little not nervous, but I'm excited to see how it's going to be in person talking to him. Well, because you know? like also in 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 our economy of things, like these are the these are our real heroes, right? Like yeah, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. NT Wright was pretty cool, yeah, but like ooh, a stand up comedian and right. one that legitimately like you were listening. You told me oh earlier gosh. you were listening to him. I was weeping in the car like with this guy because it's just so clever and dense and it's like it's, it's like old somewhat Seinfeldian you're yeah. like I never thought of that the way he tells <laughs> stories oh, it's yeah. like layer on layer on layer on yeah. layer and so like there's never this set him up punchline yeah. haha we're gonna joke and then I'll do an awkward transition oh. it's just this story that just keeps going in a way that like when we were watching him live I looked over. Jesse wasn't even laughing. He had his like almost engagement. like the praying yeah. hands yeah. on on his lips. Like he was just like studying like like a master's class. Yeah, right? this is church. And yeah. I was and I was like beating the wall yeah. because I was trying to suppress my laughter because I knew if I laughed out loud I would miss layers of nuance. Yeah. And so it's like I was buckled over. And then and the, and the same thing happens when I'm listening to him while I was working yesterday and this morning. Right. I'm listening to his stuff because I was I was. I fired back up the YouTube yesterday. Yeah. When, the when, YouTube. Uh, when, yeah. When, Go turn the crank outside. You know, yeah. yeah. And Gas I'm just like, up, put two cycle in there. It's beautiful <laughs> because like it just keeps going clip yeah. after clip after clip. Yeah, right. So it's, it's like this waves of Nate Bergazzi playing in the background and I'm dying laughing while I'm trying to work. Then Eddie comes in this morning and goes, did you hear his album? And I was yeah. like, I haven't heard his album. He's like, it's on Apple Music, man. Just yeah. listen to his album the first 10 minutes. And he's telling the story about going boating with some friends and his wife. And like the guy in the boat next to him is his wife's sex boyfriend. Right. And that story, I am literally, yeah. my face is on my desk. I'm laughing <laughs> so hard. The, the, the thing that I love is like, I was actually talking with Nikki, who, who picked me up from the airport yeah. on the way over, yeah. about like how I relate to a lot of his, his comedy. He yeah. was very self-deprecating, but he had this bit early in, in on his first album where he talked about, uh, it sounds dark, but the setup is funny, where he says that he really hopes that he dies before his wife because... He doesn't know his insurance. He, he's like, you can. I, I can't tell you how much of my bank account. I can't even ballpark it. Yeah. He's like, I would end up calling her mother in law, my my mother in law, like before the funeral, and be like, listen, did uh, did she mention anything to you about like 
banks or banks. <laughs> I told Nikki, I was like, I get that. Like, yeah. if I wasn't married, I would tell. I would, I would say. I told Nikki like one of two things. I would either have like warrants out for my arrest that I just wasn't aware of for, right. for like evading some, right. you know, license plate tax or something yeah. inadvertently, or I would be charged. I would be getting right. charged like five hundred dollars a month for cable and right. think I'm getting a good deal. Yeah. I would just be a huge mark. But I feel like I can relate to everything. I, know, right. I can relate says. to the fact he said they're talking about his, his physique. Oh, he's yeah. like yeah. he's like I'm not in shape. Yeah, he's, he's like, like he's like I'm I'm what Justin Bieber would look like if he really let himself go. <laughs> yeah. He said if I want to go back if I want to get in shape I have to go back to when I was 12. Yeah, like that was the last time I was in shape, and yeah. that was just because I was twelve. But right. but I also appreciate his unbridled confidence in his physical abilities because he still claims he could easily drop forty in a WNBA game. <laughs> <laughs> like current, like like coming, he's like you know you give me a couple you give me a couple weeks in the league and yeah. I'm MVP. He's yeah. like, but coming on for the first time, easily forty. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, we'll play some clips. We'll play know, some clips coming up later so people can experience Nate Bargatze yeah. because we. We're fans. This is, yeah, we're yeah, really looking yeah, forward yeah. to this. This yeah. is a lot of fun. Can I tell you what ruined his comedy? What? Is my five-year-old daughter sitting in the back seat um, because I'm listening to it in the car, and sh- she's saying, who is this man? I'm like, well, he's being funny. I get to talk to him today, whatever. And uh, so she's listening to it, and then she just starts to ask really particular questions, like, why was the man swimming? Why did the man try to get on a boat? Is it hard to get onto a boat? And I'm like, all right, I think this is. Uh, let's go back to kids' bop. Yeah, I think yeah. you're wrecking it. Uh, so that's coming up later. It's going to be a fun special yeah. episode. Uh, but this was also a big week. Oh, I know what you're getting. We at. have a few things that we need to update okay. you guys about. I understand. I'm ready. So last week, Eddie and I went to the outdoor Holy Land Experience estate sale. Yeah, and I will say uh, it's funny that they call it a state sale, but I I never really understood that because like while she died, Jan died. It wasn't her stuff, right? It was Holy Land stuff. And so not- you think it would be more appropriate to just call it like a cl- like clear in the house or whatever, right. or, 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 or whatever. Yeah. just a, a sale or, or, or yeah, mop in the throne room or something like we're moving stuff out. <laughs> so so this week uh, Eddie didn't want to go back for part two, no, but Dad, this week Daddy's th- got a job. Yeah, <laughs> this week there was the indoor sale. Oh yeah, and I, re- I regret. I would have knowing what I know now. Yeah, I you would have budgeted. If I, <laughs> you would you would have set aside right. like a little little fun, like yeah. your, your your Dave Ramsey envelope <laughs> on yeah, right thrown. Like, it just says thrown on it. <laughs> so I needed to uh, I needed to have a a, a jovial. Uh, non-cynical friend go Companion, with me yeah, because right. you need to make sure that you're buffering yourself to not be cynical <laughs> yeah, when course. you go to Holy Land Experience State Sale. So I asked, <laughs> my, I, actually I didn't ask him, I just added to his calendar the <laughs> meeting 1030 to 1230 secret mission. So uh, so uh, John David Harris, who leads our creative team, uh, went with me down to the inside Holy Land Experience State Sale, which, were, uh, which occupied two warehouses. Also, the other guy I'm most confused for. Yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah, that's right. I you mean, guys kind of look We have like similar. a similar vibe. We, yeah. reality. You know, we could be siblings. So welcome, JD. I, I figured you. Uh, you should uh, tell them your experience uh, seeing what we saw. <laughs> it was magical. Yeah. It was like going to a Game of Thrones estate sale. Did you? <laughs> did, well, I guess you didn't know you were going, but I'm assuming you don't have an emergency fund set aside should anything from Holy Land go on sale just you know, in your lifetime. You know, trying to do the Dave Ramsey And I like, know he has a new chapter system, about that. Yeah. But yeah, we just, we don't have his latest book. But see, yeah. this, yeah. Hey, hey, this, is, for, this was straight business. 
This was not oh, yeah. personal money yeah. at all. Well, no, no, no. And also, when Dave Ramsey says you got to put away for savings, this is that moment. This equal because right. I, I can tell you this. Yeah, that's true. If there's one thing that I've learned about these Holy Land sales, which is a lot, <laughs> a lot. It's that you're not making purchases; you're making investments. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, th- like the stuff you there, the appreciation that that has uh, in five years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you. It, I'll say that if like stuff went down today, right. Like apocalyptic. I'm right. talking like the crash of world economy. Right. N- number one thing, it's going to be gasoline for right. currency, uh-huh. and it's going to be merchandise for the Holy Land experience. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how you're going to survive in right. the wasteland. Yeah. So. It's like, well, how are you going to know that you're a, a, a powerful person if you don't have your own throne? Exactly. Right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, everyone's like walking around. There's no more government. Well, okay? Who's going to be mayor of our new post-apocalyptic area? It, the guy with the throne. It only made, it reverts back to like core human nature, which we saw right. in the medieval time. The people with the thrones rule. Yeah. Right. A, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. So I mean, it, it's nothing new here. People. So we literally went and, and, and the stamps. secret mission was I had two objectives. <laughs> I need to walk out with two objects. One, something for our podcast studio tchotchke wall mm-hmm. and two a throne a literal throne mm-hmm. yep. and uh we yeah. went in there and were overwhelmed with the options for both of those things <laughs> yeah because there wasn't just like uh, I, i'm guessing there weren't like two or three thrones and you just had to pick one i mean i'm not going to exaggerate we probably saw 10 or 12 that were legitimate gold uh, opulent thrones. So, yeah. wow. so wow. I have a question real quick. Yes. It was it sort of like a shoe store situation where you see mm-hmm. a lot of ones that but it's the one that's the right fit. Did you sit in them all to determine which yeah. one is the one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, They're, literally. Oh, yeah. And I took pictures. And, and let me ask you this. I hope that you did what I would have done in that situation. I, I would have said, JD, I need to be blindfolded right now. <laughs> and I need to sit on each chair. And when I'm in the one that we're going to buy, I'll know. Yeah. Like, I, will, I, I will sit in the throne. And the throne, yeah. the, tr- the throne chooses you. I posted right. a picture of, of a 14-foot tall throne I was sat in. Yeah, that was nice. It, it, was, it was a little, a little costumey. It was, yeah. I thought it was a little yeah, on a the little. nose, a little theatrical. And, and, and I think the fire because, marshal won't allow that thing. Yeah, what you <laughs> need, <laughs> what you need in a throne is ornate. At like I wanted quality, yeah. not quantity. No, is what yeah. I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. And so we we found gold thrones, silver thrones, purple thrones, wood thrones, uh, large thrones, small thrones. We ended up <laughs> with a crazy. throne that I I feel. F- suits us. Uh, it's it's very ornate, but not over the top. It's purple uh, velour with uh, kind of a antiqued silvery gold uh, yeah, pewter. Pewter, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It has size. Uh, roaring lions for each of the arms. Mm-hmm. And let me say, can I talk about this arm for a Please. second? I saw it and I thought in my head, I'm like, well, that must be cast plastic, right? Like, yeah. there's just it's fiberglass or something. It, yeah, yeah, or it's like because it's, yeah, like, it's a like a showpiece. It's like a prop. It was yeah. up. It was yeah. up on a stage yeah. and whatever's happening there. It is a solid, beautifully carved yeah. piece of wood that then they painted over, which is just uh, horrific. <laughs> but I don't know if you guys notice this. This is my first time seeing it in person. You know, the, the legs of the chair are actual lion's legs with paws on them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually did I'm not notice sure, that. I'm pretty sure that chair is one of the beasts from Revelation. Yeah. 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 It, it is that throne, well, which we is ha- good to know. I, I, can I be honest? Yeah. The Pauls creep me out. Which is like, <laughs> I kind of wish you got a different one. <laughs> I don't, can, can I, I just real talk. I don't like looking at those Pauls. Right, because you kind of feel like at some point it's just going to start like kind of yeah, tapping you see a finger. Yeah, okay. All right, you're yeah. sneaking out. So, so what my plans are, I'm going to put four little rolling caster wheels on the bottom. And this will be a... And a motor. We're going to call it... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'm assuming it already flies. We're right. going to call it, okay. I am calling it the seat of honor. Yeah. Okay. And we will use it at staff meetings. If it's somebody's first staff meeting, uh, they will be able to sit in the seat of honor. Yeah. We will have Obviously, certain yeah. new traditions for the seat of honor. If it's your birthday, and we do the little birthday well, celebrations. Let's say, or let, you sit in the seat of honor all day at your desk. Let's yeah. say the mayor comes in for something. Yeah. Mr. Mayor. He's, Any yeah, meeting, there <laughs> yeah. will be somebody in the seat of honor. We'll just roll it around where it's needed. We have a throne in our office. Right. A functional throne. I, I got to ask this because I, I, I don't know if like they gave any sort of context, like if there was like brochures with them or something. No. This was actually a set of thrones. There were two of these. <gasps> And I did not get the other one for quality reasons. It was but damaged too heavily. where's the other one? The damaged one is probably still there and available. But, but, but this is what I'm saying. Because 90% of what we saw on the outdoor sale is still there. So if you need that giraffe, no, no. The, the prices are probably going down. But yeah. what I'm saying is, do you think the thrones will end up finding each other? You think, you think that somehow <laughs> on a quantum supernatural level that those two thrones are entangled. Right. Well, yeah, it's a queen and a king. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they, they exist in two different places in the universe. Like, but like if, if, if you, like if someone sat on the other one right now, the cushion on this one would just like depress a little. Is what well, it's like saying. that other earth they found. Yeah, right? exactly. Light years yeah, away. Yeah. And it's matching throne, which is in like, you know, Holy Fire Pentecostal in Ocala, like it was like the, like it pushes up a little bit. Well, here's here's my other question is because we don't know where in the park or where in the TVN universe that this throne lived. Right. I mean, for, for, because for all we know, right, it was right. a set piece right. or it was somebody's office chair. No, like, like, like it literally, it literally could be Just, anywhere. anywhere on that spectrum. It is. It was definitely an interior office oh, decoration. Yeah. Okay, so it my, is, that is Jan Crouch's folder. Chair, Here's basically. my yeah. question yeah. for you guys. Who do you think is the most interesting person that has ever <gasps> oh, sat in that throne? Yeah. What has that velour touched? Yeah, is exactly. basically what if, you're saying. If, if that velvet seat could, could talk. talk. Oh, man. <laughs> the things it's seen. Yeah. <laughs> Not close. Oh, yeah. that is well, really interesting. So Besides that wasn't, like Herod. That wasn't the, yeah. only, <laughs> the only thing that we came back with. We came back with a very obvious thing for our studio wall. Okay. Very obvious. JD, yeah. do you want to talk about this? Sure. I mean, you walk through the Holy Land estate sale and you see there is a bust of some unknown saint. Yeah, saint an old Bible or, figure. Uh, there were peacocks galore. Yeah. Peacocks you know, everywhere. There's tons of peacocks in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, almost, lots, lots of Bible things, lots of Noah's Arky things, lots mm-hmm. of very ornate kind of like, did they get it, this at Home Goods and spray painted gold? Dude, or, I'm not you know, seeing it. I'm looking around the chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. So we went with the thing, because I watch American Pickers from time okay. to time. And of here's course. what I've learned about American Pickers. You look for the odd, the unusual, the thing that's not the obvious thing. You look for the thing behind the thing. Please tell me you uh, bought a 1960s Pepsi sign at the... <laughs> I bought at the Holy Land Experience to stay sale for our tchotchke show. wall. Authentic, authentic 1800s cowboy spurs. Yep. Praise very, the very, Lord. of course. There they are. Um, okay, oh. this is... this is <laughs> Okay, I have another question here that I need... Because you guys were there. I yeah. can only speculate. Right. To my knowledge of the Holy Land, exactly. to, to like biblical history, yes, this is this they, is the they, thing. Like Spurs did not play any Quality, sort of role. Silver <laughs> or blacksmith crafted. If we cowboy are, Spurs, if we are to assume right that that chair was not some sort of prop, but was right. actually something that belonged to one of the executives at TBN. Correct. 
is it safe to assume that that assume that these spurs were an actual fashion item that someone in the Crouch family wore <laughs> oh, that got possibly. mixed in with the estate sales? So, like the people at the estate sale were like grabbing things and those thir- spurs got thrown There's in. There's only two scenarios. Number one, this was a fashion piece that Paul Crouch wore from yeah. time to time. I don't know. The other option is that these were worn in some sort of horsing... Roman. A, a Roman. Uh, These are not Roman. I agree. Biblical era spurs. They make no sense for being there. Is my I point. I like your theory. Eddie, those are you very southwestern. Theory, what was my they theory? Your theory was that see. these are the spurs worn by Noah as he was riding the dinosaurs into the ark. That is true. <laughs> yeah. That's why we bought them. Oh, it's oh. just the clear and obvious backstory of why these were at the Holy Land. Did experience. you see that PC is engraved in here? No, Paul Cr- I'm just no. <laughs> personal property. It's like monograms. Purse. So if you need some quality, authentic blacksmith crafted cowboy spurs, China. It does appear that they are made in China, but either way they're, they but look, I don't know don't the quality it. of spurs, but I would say they're these like are pretty high. high. But most yeah. of the great spurs ever have been from China. So yeah. you, you've got a deal, but I have yet another thing that right. I need to talk about. This is not about the okay. Highland experience. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, JD, yeah. we posted, he and I posted a video on the podcast oh, episode nice. page, yes. our recap. It's two minutes long. Uh, you can see it there. Um, but I have another thing that happened this week. Okay. Yes. I was online as, as I happened to be many evenings. Yeah. I, as I was, you're wont to on, do. As I wa- uh, yeah. wa- just browsing the laptop. I hear you. While we're watching the television. <laughs> and, uh, and I see a tweet from a listener who okay. posted to Eddie. Yes. And al- he I was, was very alarmed this. that Goodwill of Tennessee okay. had posted in the Goodwill online auction. Yes, there are Goodwill online auctions. What, what, a, a, what a hidden a online framed, gem. Oh, my yeah. goodness. A I mean, framed double platinum. Double platinum. DC Talk DC commemorative Talk. thing from Jesus Freak. Oh, wow. Arguably uh, your favorite album of all time. Was, <laughs> that was given in honor of the double platinum status was given to Lifeway Christian Store. <laughs> it's engraved. That is messed up. And Lifeway <laughs> threw it out and it ended up at a Goodwill. How, Can you believe that? How did... Did you guys look at any of the other items that were in this auction? What else was Lifeway throwing out? Or was this, a, or was this just a big no. slap in the face? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. They, would, they were selling their integrity. They <laughs> threw that out. That was just a bag I mean, of that. What, what item has been more pivotal to Lifeway Christian stores than DC Talks Jesus Free Going they, Double they, Platinum? Yeah. Or why didn't they answer the age-old question... Can you play that actual record? Like they should have at least cracked it open. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, see if you're it... gonna just throw it away, yeah. Yeah, is it a real? So, yeah. so Eddie then you know alerts the internet that this is a travesty. Yeah, and, and, inclu- including... and tagged Kevin Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Max <laughs> then retweeted that this was a travesty, <laughs> and I, having clicked on the auction and seeing it listed for eighteen dollars, uh, <laughs> then then watched the value skyrocket because all these podcast listeners think it'd be really funny to yeah, buy yeah. this Jesus Freak double platinum album. Now listen, now listen. Let me say few things first of all what somebody said i wonder who's bidding on it now because the name was like uh like Obscured, blurred yeah. but it was like c star 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 g yeah i'm like i'm it was either chandler or here's the deal here's the deal i felt a responsibility yeah to the christian industry Dude. To to Eddie Koffeltz, Kevin to Max, Kevin Max, who's my personal friend, to I to text him to, to nostalgia, 
that these that <laughs> to, this the item industry needed to end up in a good home. Yeah, yeah. and I put in an obscenely large maximum bid. Okay, <laughs> oh Cameron. <laughs> Three days later, I'm the new winner. <laughs> no <can't>. way. <laughs> And oh, I'm presenting it. I'm presenting it to Eddie. A scuffed up lightweight Christmas Look how like that is. I have some details that I need to study on. <laughs> that has been framed in just very, very light plastic. Cheap, framing. cheap acrylic that we will replace. We will restore this, and it will have a seat, a place of honor in our studio. Gosh, that is incredibly beautiful, Cameron. Presented uh, to Lifeway Christian Stores to commemorate the R. IAA certified double platinum sales of more than 2 million copies of Forefront Records cassette and CD. <laughs> what? Jesus, Jesus free. Yep. <laughs> and now we'll live on forever Here, in our podcast it. studio. Let me see that again. That is really exciting. So it, thank you to the podcast listener who alerted Eddie to this. We were able to save it from an inevitable fate of just going to somebody who didn't appreciate gosh, it. That is really cool though, isn't it? I mean, really. And I love that it was presented to Lifeway Christmas Stars. The, I can't I, I, <laughs> I wasn't a Producer, it wasn't whatever. No, it's Lifeway Christmas stores. I, wow. I really am a little bummed that that's not going to be in your home, like right when people enter like your foyer. You know, you know, you know who's not bummed? <laughs> Brian. I think she's pretty good that this stays in the podcast studio. Yeah, yeah. that is really a, a beautiful thing, and I think it's I think it's found its right home. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the throne. It just found us. It yeah. knew where it was supposed yeah. to be. I'm going to leave this here the whole time. It'll be inspiration. <laughs> it's it's the second platinum record we have. One is from Reliant K, presented to us with our name spelled wrong. Correct. They <laughs> misspelled relevant, and that's why we kept it. Because <laughs> we think it's really funny yeah. that they misspelled relevant. relevant. It's right no, there. No, no, it's, but was it on purpose? That well, see, that? that's the thing. I always thought, again, self-deprecating humor. Look at us. We're so unimportant. They don't even know how to spell our name. Yeah. And so that's why I kept it around because I thought it was hilarious and kind of a reminder. Right. Don't get don't get a big head. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then somebody pointed out to me about six months ago, Reliant K misspells Reliant yeah. and they swapped the A for the E and they did the same thing with Relevant and they probably did it on Clever. purpose. You know what I think happened? <laughs> because like, it, you know, it's engraved on a piece of like, it's a, like on a little gold plate under that frame. Yeah. I think the guy that engraved it, because it's not like after you engrave it, there's go, any going back. Right. You know, it's like, it's literally right. engraved. You can't undo it. And he like handed it over. They're like, oh, is that like the inside joke? Like the A thing? He's like, Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh-huh. Because we spell ours with the E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for all your help then with uh, that. Good save. <laughs> so, um, when you guys come down and tour our studio, we now have several yeah. very new, uh, exciting <laughs> things for you to we're, take we're pictures well with. We're well on our way okay. to like the Christian music rock and roll thing. <laughs> we are. A couple of questions about this, just in terms of rules and regulations. Yeah. One, if people come and tour the studio, they do not touch it or look at it. <laughs> You cannot take a picture of okay. it. It's like the Mona Lisa. It'll really? degrade it over time. Okay. Right. It'll degrade um, it over time. The flashes. You yeah. can take a picture, but it's got to be way in the background. Like, yeah. don't get, just don't, just like, don't get too close I, to it. I got to be honest with you because as, as you and the most listeners know, like DC talk doesn't hold like that, you know, revered place by heart because I'm yeah, you're more at, of a Jimmy world. And, yeah. Uh, Weezer. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Weezer. exactly. Yeah. Also, you're an animal with no heart and soul but, because I'm looking at this and my immediate thought is, 
Cameron has like a turntable in his office, <laughs> and it would be so cool to get that and just yeah. see what kind of sounds a platinum record makes. It'd probably sound really cool. Well, I saw it going up. I put in a normal kind of like, oh, this would be a funny joke number, yeah. you know, to have it. But then because you and Kevin Max kept retweeting it, like all these people kept bidding, it didn't and help. I kept having to go in like for the next couple of days. I kept having to raise it, oh, yeah. and I it got really like Cameron, Cameron. way too high. Yeah. Oh, Cameron! But I you're, had to because in. I mean, like I'm in it. I'm in yeah. this deep. I got to I mean, keep going. Oh, this yeah. has to come home. Can, can, okay, it's sitting on the table in front of us like right now. When Nate Bargatze comes in, can you, we just leave it there and not acknowledge <laughs> it? Just oh. like, it's always, it doesn't even hang on the wall. It just sits yeah. in the ta- on the table. They use in front it as of a large coaster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the second rule is, <laughs> if and when DC Talk separately or together comes back in the studio, I think we have him sign it. Yeah. Okay. But what if it's just Toby? Mm. I feel like he's not helping with the reunion. Uh, so you're saying you're saying the guy who's holding up the reunion, we're going to punish him by not letting him sign it. I feel like if Toby signed that, he would sign it so huge that none there wouldn't be room on there for you. I feel like if you just offered it to him, you're like, hey, listen, man, we're, we're trying to get all three of you guys to sign, and before it even leaves your mouth, he's somehow signed it over. Like he's spray-painting yeah, a wall. Exactly. Yeah. He's just, all, all three of you guys to... Uh, he's just scr- They can sign the back on the he, paper, he's I guess. He's just scratching uh, off the other guys. He's drawing over their face. You know how Kevin signs it? It's it's just really kindly and beautifully. And you know how uh, Michael signs it? Mm-hmm. It's just swirling around Kevin's signature. Both yeah. of them. You just and then can't Toby t- comes back and it signs over him. Yeah. And all of a sudden just Gosh. walks away with it. Well, this is it's home now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's where it should be forever and ever in the Roman podcast studio. Thanks a lot, Lifeway Christian Stores, for throwing yeah. it away. What a contribution. Thank, thank you, Cameron. We owe you a lot. Cameron Strang for putting uh, good money before bad. I just, I just, <laughs> it's a donation I kind of goodwill. think it's kind of a baton handing in the Christian industry. Because yeah. okay. Lifeway Christian Stores is going to die off. Yeah. And we've accepted well, the baton yeah. to carry on the legacy. Not if yeah. Testaments have anything to say about it. <laughs> to carry on the legacy of, of Christian nostalgia. This right. will live on forever yeah. now. And also, it's not a joke. I actually really like this album, but still really nostalgic. Yeah, there I you go. It. All right. Well, it's uh, moving the show along. It's time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. In Case You Missed It, um, UMass Paul Meany this week released a remix of 21 Pilots' song Stressed Out to benefit the Louisiana flood victims. If you know, they're from there. Yeah. Uh, Mute Math is from New Orleans. and um, I didn't know that. Yeah, born and raised mm. in LA, or LA guys, <laughs> Louisiana guys. I was looking at the abbreviations. Yeah, so I said LA. it's yeah. hard to know. Um, and, yeah, and it came out this week. And even if you don't like the original radio version, which, you know, my six-year-old does, if that says anything, yeah. uh, the, the Mellomatics <laughs> version is an honest reinvention of the single with like crazy audio textures that Mute Math is known for. Here, here's a clip. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard I wish I had a better voice and sang some better words I wish I found some chords in an order that is new I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang I was told when I get older all my fears would shrink But now I'm insecure and I care what people think There you go the song is streaming on SoundCloud and also available in exchange for a donation to organizations benefiting the Louisiana flood victims. And we will post a link on the podcast episode page if you want to check it out. Awesome. That's cool that they're doing that. The yeah. Louisiana flood um, story has been strangely, like it's been relevant and stuff, but it's been like kind of quiet in the media. It yeah. feels like it's a bigger deal. There's, it's the worst domestic national disaster since Sandy, which was wow. a huge deal, you know? But I mean, it's like 50,000 homes that... Wow, that's cool that Mute Math is helping. 
Uh, in case you missed it, this week, Jim Gaffigan announced on Twitter that uh, he and his wife, Jeannie, have decided to end the Jim Gaffigan show yeah. after this second season. And the reason why isn't low ratings or it wasn't well received. They are actually leaving on a high note. They're leaving kind of Seinfeldian where yeah. they want to leave on their own terms. Uh, and so he, he announced to his fans why. Here's what he said. Uh, we realize this may surprise some, and we don't make this decision lightly. It was empowering, exhilarating, and exhausting. As many of you know, the, the, all the episodes this season were written by Jeannie and me. Jeannie was the showrunner, and I acted in virtually every scene. In one way, it was a perfect scenario. However, the time commitment to make the quality of show we wanted was taking us away from our most important project, our five children. We're truly grateful for all the support friends on social media and television critics have given the Jim Gaffigan show. Jeannie and I are excited to move forward with our other creative pursuits. Um, and then Jeannie wrote on Twitter, the autobiographical nature of, of the Jim Gaffigan show and our unique treatment of faith and humor are too precious to us to just delegate to others. Our real lives, marriage, and family provide the inspiration for our comedy and our art, and we need to have real life to make art. Um, so there you go. I mean, it's crazy. I, one of the things that I loved about it, it was that it was fairly vulnerable and wrestled with things yeah. like faith and family mm-hmm. and whatever. And, and, a, and a, in a light way, I mean, it was still a really yeah. funny and smart show. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I rarely see like, um, uh, kind of the confluence of real life and celebrity life come together. Cause it feels like, Oh, of course I've just got nannies and people taking care of it. But I'm like, if she's the showrunner, it's yeah. an yeah. incredibly demanding job. And yeah. of course he's, I'm I'm glad they did that. I wonder what's next for them. I feel like there's well a lot of a lot of uh, Chrysler commercials. A lot of Chrysler. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those are probably a really good. Oh game. man, yeah. he's getting a Pacifica a week off of those commercials. They're like uh, as uh, J- Jim was on the cover of Relevant yeah. Uh, yeah. last year when they debuted the show, and they talked about the fact that it's going to talk about faith and stuff. And this is when it was just first coming out. Uh, Jeannie told us uh, she said normally if there's like a Christian show, it's only for Christians, and if there's a secular show about Christianity, it usually is really negative. Uh, what people think from the outside, the stereotypes about Catholicism, we're trying to blow them out of the water. And it did a really good job of that yeah. because it didn't. Well, remember, like the second episode, like like the whole uh, story arc was that he was outed as being a. He yeah. had he had he, like she asked him to pick up a Bible mm-hmm. and like it was this big kind of like family Bible yeah. heirloom thing, and uh, he had to like he had to go to a gig or whatever. So he had this Bible paparazzi snap a picture of him and then he's outed as being a Christian comedian. Yeah. And the whole thing is him trying to like, I'm, I'm, I'm Christian and a comedian, but I'm not a Christian comedian. You know? Yeah. It was like, well, and I mean, if, even fans of his like early comedy knew that he openly, openly wrestled with ideas like reverence and how much should he be into church and religious culture? It was a really great show, but honestly, Maybe it's better that they went down. You know, sometimes like those shows that once they get into their rhythm and you feel like they hit their high point, you never have to be like, oh, well, just ignore the last season mm-hmm. or like when their heart wasn't in it. it Maybe for the sake of the legacy of the show, it's good that it went down when it did, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's interesting. Marin did the same thing. He just, or similar, like just walked away. Like it wasn't like the show wasn't renewed. They're just like, all right, we're done. We're prioritizing life over. Yeah, this was yeah. a, yeah. It's a singular thing. Yeah. Singular thing. Yeah. Interesting. Jim Gaffigan. I'm going to do that with Relevant. I mean, yes. the estate sale of this place, <laughs> it is going to be, oh, can we write in some sort of a will or something that this never, ever gets sold again? <laughs> this gets passed we down. We have to just donate it to Goodwill, well, apparently. Yeah. Straight yeah. back to yeah. Goodwill for an online auction <laughs> where another podcast someday picks it up. Yeah. Um, I don't know, in case you missed it, this week, uh, one of our friends, Aaron Tuning and, uh, and comedian John Christ went viral 
for parroting uh, how formulaic Christian <sighs> radio music has become. The setup is simple. Uh, John Christ and Aaron Tuning play two Christian music industry executives interviewing a hot new Christian band in a boardroom, offering them some songwriting tips. Oh. Here's, here's part of the video. It was. Listen, if you want Christian music radio airplay, we know the formula. It's real simple. Dirt roads, trucks, multiple uses of the word girl. Well, that's next pitch. Oh, shoot, that's country music. <laughs> Christian music song formula. Three chords, simple rhymes, Big struggles, boom, hit song. You ever been <laughs> flipping through the dial and you come across a song and you're like, that just, that just sounds Christian. Christian chord charts, even easier. A, D, G. It's the holy trinity of Christian music. <laughs> Lyric writing is even easier, you guys. Oh yeah, you always gotta start with a vague struggle, all right, a hard time. Geographical references, yes. storm, valley, desert. You gotta throw in some vague Christian terms and just connect them randomly, make it really predictable. Watch this. Seek his face, mercy, grace, feel his love, bless from above. We could sell that to Casting Crowns or Sanctus Rio right, right now. now. We were thinking about <laughs> lyrics, lyrics, stuff from the heart. Okay, John Mark McMillan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. You ever heard of the song, How We Loves? The Tomlin version? The Crowder version. The Mercy Me version. Oh, the Carrie Joe version. The, the Jeremy Camp version. The Passion version. Exactly. McMillan writes from the heart, no one's ever heard of him. If it wasn't for that sloppy wet kiss line, he'd be at the Passion Conference right now. We just like to be more vulnerable in our lyrics. You know, talk about real issues. Okay, like not reading the Bible enough? Like not balancing work and family well? No, like real issues, like addictions. And you can only mention your struggles in an abstract type yes. way. Drowning, sinking. Rain, rain on my face, that's from the smash hit Flood. Ever heard of it? Waves <laughs> crashing. Uh, I don't know, it's a big one. Oceans? Checkmate. Basically, you. all you need to know is more water references. It goes on from there. Gosh. It's I, funny. I cringed yeah, a few is. times. I was like, ooh, that is right. Yeah, they, yeah. That's pretty on the nose yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why great. it's so funny, though. So clever. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, Fox is developing... Uh, okay, here. Pop culture's possession obsession is officially getting weird. Uh, according to Variety, Fox is uh, developing an exorcism sitcom from a producer of Kimmy Schmidt. It has an impressive creative pedigree. Its two creators are Allison Silverman, the executive producer of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, and the co-creator of FX's comedy Baskets, John Crystal. Um, Silverman's also an Emmy-winning writer whose work appeared on The Colbert Report and The Office. In the show, it's called Amy Damnation. A woman attempts to track down the demon who possessed her as a child prior to an exorcism in an effort to no longer be a people pleaser who's always taken advantage of. Demonic possession seems to be having a sort of moment on TV lately, along with uh, this new sitcom on Fox. Fox is also the home to uh, The Exorcist. Uh, Possession also plays a major role on Cinemax's Outcast and AMC's Preacher. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy what's going it's on, a but conjuring, a comedy. Yeah, a uh, sitcom about someone going to find a demon that, like, honestly, if you were to say that like two years ago, right. it sound, it, it sound it would sound like a bad pitch in a show, in like 30 yeah, Rock, yeah, like yeah, in like yeah. a writer's room. But it's it's a weird place culture that because possession is everywhere. Yeah, it's not just horror movies anywhere right. anymore. Uh, I don't want to watch any of that. I wonder who's even the comedy. <laughs> Maybe okay. But who's starring? All in right. It? Speaking of, don't want to watch it because okay. it's scary. I, Friday night, people are like, "You got to watch Stranger Things," so I oh. put it on. No. And you okay, that was scary. Hold on. Oh. So it's eight episodes. Yeah, it's great. I watched the entire thing. Yeah, no, yeah. You didn't. In one in, sitting. We knew well, that before two, you started. Two sittings. Yeah. On Friday night and Saturday night. Right. Yeah. I was tired. All, I'm just now catching up. Right. I was you, so tired. So, so I'm assuming you liked it. No, here's the deal. Okay. <laughs> Three or four episodes in, it, it actually does kind of grab you a little bit on the mystery side. I loved, 
I don't watch scary things. I've yeah. talked about that yeah. on the show. I just like why I don't like dark occultic stuff. Nobody likes to be scared next. <laughs> so <laughs> I love the 80s nostalgia of it. And yeah. It was spot on. And, and I mean, yeah. it was really fun. And I would awesome. have liked it better. And the soundtrack's amazing. Yeah. I would have liked it better if it wasn't about a scary thing. Yeah. Right. Like M. Night Shyamalan signs, you know, like at the end, like yeah, they yeah, reveal yeah. the big monster or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's like that, you yeah. know, at the end, it's like they're chasing a literal monster sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, the whole kind of spooky conspiracy thing. So, like so sort 80s. of like loss, like collapses when you finally... I, I mean, I'm not saying collapses. It, for what it is, it's, it is a really the, paranormal thing. I mean, yeah. the, to me, it was like two shows and people like it for two totally different reasons. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You know, like I love the music in the 80s yeah. and, and the, the style and how they pulled it off. It's just yeah. what they... Yeah, more than I like. It's really good. More than I like the actual subject matter. I'm going here for escapism. Yeah. Give me... <laughs> yeah. I don't need more <laughs> of that monster. It got yeah. more and more and more. Again, the, the 80s thing of like... You know the man behind the the barbed wire fence. They're working on some big experimenty yeah. thing. The yeah. government, you know, yeah. that kind of it captures that in the yeah. first half of the show. Yeah, and the second half of the show, it's like they know what it is and they're just chasing a monster. See, and I it's feel like, like how. I, I feel like that's I, a, I wish they left it more vague. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the problem with like a lot of the shows, like you said, the M Night Shyamalan thing, where they they build all the intrigue, but the but the the the. Solution to the mystery is inevitably disappointing if it's so cut and dry. It is cut and dry. That was you the know? thing. It yeah. was like they could have left it way more vague and way more open ended right. and like still captured everybody's imagination. L- like that that's why this is speaking of like an eighties like Spielberg, because yeah. it's based on sort of like the Spielberg type of style. But uh, close encounters of the third kind, like yes. Richard Dreyfus walks on to the ship or whatever. You know, like there are questions at yeah. the end to like, what was this all really about? You know? Right. And like, I feel like that's why those type of stories endure right. because they do have the mystery lingers after the movie's over. Right. Cause you don't see the aliens in close encounters. Do you no. You see the spaceship come yeah. down and he gets onto it? But yeah, exactly. Never... Well, that's my point. Like, yeah, yeah. like you don't know what happens from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, there's a lot open ended to, to leave you to think about, you know, stranger yeah. things to me was very well done. And, and I, but again, they could have been a totally different plot yeah, and, and just yeah. do it that way. And, and it would have been great as much. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. no I think fun. people liked it because of the style of it yeah, more than they sure. actually liked the style it, over the substance. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. no, thanks. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> that, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Well, stay tuned up next slices. Listening to John Martin Millen is <laughs> a new artist you've never heard of before. Hot new, yeah. it's, uh, it's his new single w- Wilder Love. You know what I like about him? Write stuff that matters. I love John. Can, can you, have you guys seen the video for that song? Yeah, he shot it vertically. Vertically, yeah, on a phone, like a phone orientation. I know, it I, makes you nuts, right? Yeah, it does make me nuts. But I appreciate that he's the first guy to do it for like a professional music video. But yeah. doesn't it make it sort of like, well, now that he's doing it, yeah, no, no one else can do it now. I guess the, it's cool. I, I feel like no, no. That's what I'm saying. I feel it's like, like no other band can do a music video on treadmills. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Go, okay, go. Exactly. Been there, done that. We've but seen I, it. But I feel like the vertical thing, it's immediately recognizable. Like when I saw just like the, the still from it or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, this is going to be cool because it is, the, I literally haven't seen anyone do this before, yeah. you know? He's, um, we have mutual friends of his. He's like the real deal. He's like a he really good Like when he comes dude. to town and has his worship shows, he'll come over to the house after and hang. He's a good yeah. He's a really good yeah. guy. Really good dude. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard the Naked and Famous with their f- new single, Higher, which uh, it's great. I like that album. They're right. a good band, too. Okay. It's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. So I haven't been like too excited about the whole drone movement. You know? Oh, like That doesn't make sense Do you to own me. a drone? No. I you own a 3D printer. I'm waiting until the prices come down. Okay. I think drones have to be probably the most fun toy ever, right? I they would, probably would be, yeah. but but I here's my problem, not my problem, but here's why I don't, I'm not like super excited about one because they're so like autonomous, like you basically punch in the coordinates or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just kind of. T- I want one that's basically a remote control airplane where anything can go wrong at any moment. Where the pressure's all on me. I think you can control it like yeah. that. Yeah, I thought that that's how, how they... This is DroneGate. I can feel the hashtag already. I, again, I, but the, it's the price thing too because I know I'm going to be reckless. I'm not going to go intentionally crash yeah. something that's like $500. You need a cheap drone. I need a, I need a cheap one that can do tricks, that can do flips and stuff. <laughs> I yeah. want one that can hold stuff and drop stuff. Uh, the, the, well, you're going to enjoy oh, my story, sorry. but real quick before I didn't, this is, we can, we don't have to talk about this, but speaking of aircraft real quick, yeah. did you guys see the video that was going around online this week? There's this company that used to be under contract with the U S military yeah. to build an aircraft. That was the largest aircraft in the world. It's basically looks like two blimps, two Goodyear blimps, like mashed together into one super airplane thing. Oh yeah. Okay. It's like an airship, right? It, it, it looked like a, a bottom. Yeah, they, they call it, they call it the bottom ship because yeah. it looks like yeah, it looks like two blunt butt cheeks. <laughs> there's no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. If that throne could talk, <laughs> if that throne could talk. So so anyway, there's a video of his crash landing, <laughs> and the, no one was injured, and it was in an open field. And the pilot yeah. was fine, yeah. but it is literally <laughs> the slowest. Yeah. Like the, the the world's largest aircraft nose in the field <laughs> and it is so slow it's like, yeah. like it is it, it is comically <laughs> slow yeah. to the point where you see this big blimp and it's angling down and it's just creeping towards the ground and <laughs> I all it was I'm just landing yeah yeah he, look it's going so slow it almost looks like intentional and the only reason it got me and it wasn't it was damaged but like you couldn't yeah. you couldn't tell from the video like yeah. but it's like it, because the headline said world's largest aircraft like nose dies or whatever so I'm like I got it well obviously I'm watching yeah. this yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is like just, and I thought it was in slow motion. Like right. I thought they had slowed the film down so you can appreciate the carnage. But no, it is all I pictured because it's it takes like, and he's only probably like fifty feet off the ground, yeah. and it, when it starts to nosedive, it probably takes a good ninety seconds. <laughs> All I'm picturing yeah. is the pilot. Like, oh, pull her up, pull her up. And he's like mashing everybody. Like usually like in like a plane crash, like yeah. that happens like right. in four so, seconds. Yeah, right, and, right. He, and he's like, his moment of panic is super accelerated. Right. And he has a surge of adrenaline. And he's trying to save the plane. And he's either going to do it or not. Pull out of the nosedive. This guy had the worst 90 seconds of it. Like literally just yanking back on that joystick thing or whatever. But, but you know, and he's just mashing buttons and then at some point I think he's just resolving that he's going to go into the nosedive and then panic sets back in because yeah. that's how long it's in the nosedive. Yeah. 
And I, but the funny thing is, is as he's panicking, there's just a guy 12 feet from him on the ground going like, move that way. <laughs> move it. The nose is down. <laughs> Sit it back up. Frank, the nose is down. You know what? We'll get a couple guys. Pull up. Pull we, up. Yeah, we'll grab the front of it. It's fine. He's having the worst like extended two minutes of his life yeah, in there. Don't, don't even worry. Just don't worry yeah. about it. Uh, mm. It shouldn't be like that, Frank. <laughs> yeah. He was uninjured. You know what? I'm going to sit here, finish my sandwich uh, while you crash. Well, it's just like someone's filming it on a cell phone and they're not even all that panicked. You know, it's not not like they're witnessing the Hindenburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Can I tell you how not dangerous a blimp is? I I may have shared this before. I flew the MetLife blimp at eight years old. Uh, Like, we got to ride the MetLife blimp and the pilot. Was that like a thing of like you sat in your dad's lap while you Mm -mm. steered the car? They were like, literally, what's the worst that could happen? No, no, no. (laughs) Like the pilot, who's the guy sitting there in the front. Right. He's like, yeah, you want to fly it? And I'm like, sure. And I'm expecting like a, okay. He just stands up and walks back to me because the thing's just boom, 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 boom. You know, just yeah. floating along. It's like a, and he's, like a he's whale like a, shark of the sky. Yeah, it is. Exactly. There's, there's nobody <laughs> piloting it. It's just floating and moving. It's a big, bo- dumb balloon. And I sit there and I'm holding... <laughs> it's true. If you look at it, you're like, this is so stupid. Like the the cart on this thing that like carries people. Right. Uh-huh. You know, right. It's like, there's compared to the size of this massive... Yeah. It's like a peanut on gorge. a wire balloon. Yeah, like, exactly. It's so dumb looking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel bad that the ship crashed. That's not <laughs> my slice. Now that no one my was slice hurt. about drones. But here's my point about drones. I like stuff <laughs> you can ride in. Right. If they make one that like... It, like somehow we could attach four drones to the the paw feet of the throne. <laughs> and then Take I would let the you guys exactly like doing remote control stuff just doesn't isn't all that exciting yeah. to me. Okay. Okay. But this development is exciting. Uh, Domino's Pizza in New Zealand. And the reason they're doing it in New Zealand is because there's not like the same kind of like aircraft laws as there are oh, here. New Zealand is well known for that. <laughs> for just, it's the <laughs> wild west of the sky, which by the way, I appreciate their libertarian <laughs> views of air. Yeah. Like in, my, in my America, nobody owns the air. Right. Okay. Like, if I'm jumping off the ground, like at that moment, I'm free. In hey, solar I'm, space. I'm, on, I'm not on your property That's anymore. What I'm, saying. I'm the, not on your property. I'm in America's sky, which belongs <laughs> all of us. Like where the like where the where the tallest tree ends. That's where America ends too. Yeah, exactly. That from there, air air is everyone's. I don't believe in the concept of airspace. Right. Okay? If you're a communist, wanna, you want to fly around 30 feet up there, and there's no trees. This is your thank you. This is your land. Thank you. New Zealand gets it. It's it's like mm-hmm. space. Who can own that? Too, right? Thank you. That's that, that you're breaking like a natural yeah, where, God's hey, law. Wait a second. Where does the air rights thing stop Thank vertically? You. Thank you. Just think about it. Shoot you, off to yeah. Shoot off to like. So if we're pointing at the sun, <laughs> yeah, you own a portion of the sun. Yeah, apparently. exactly. But 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 like Disney. Yeah. that has uh, air rights. You can't fly over Disney. Yeah. Yeah, but how, uh, to, up to what? Like exactly. Foot. Like because so the space shuttle flies over Disney all the time. I mean, it's I hate, a slippery slope. I, I hate to pull this, but I mean, I know who would okay. know. Who? Mike. Science Mike. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I haven't but, printed but, the button yet. But but my my point is this: New Zealand gets it. There's no such thing as airspace there. You can do whatever you want. The skies, <laughs> the right. skies are the free. Sky's the sky's the, 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 the limit. Yeah. The, the, the skies are free, like they should be. Yeah. yeah. And so Domino's is going there, and they're going to start testing out pizza drone delivery. Yeah. The reason I Brilliant. thought this was so cool. But it's New Zealand pizza, so it's probably made with like goat cheese. And oh, weird it's terrible! It's That's awful! Okay. It's all so, it's all feta. Yeah, uh, it's, it's all sheep f- milk. It's sheep milk. <laughs> uh, Gosh, I hate uh, it when you do that. You get to it first. That was great. Feta. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so the the reason I think this is so cool I mean, is because if a craft is in the sky, 
you know, like as long as it's not like endangering people. Yeah, yeah. I sort of think it's fair game. Shoot it down. Well, if, because here's the thing. If I see an Amazon package yeah. being like delivered, yeah. like let's say they bring this, hypothetically, it works. They bring drone pizza delivery right. here. I'm getting my shampoo okay. once a month on the recurring thing. I'm, yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to like, I'm not going to go and steal somebody's Amazon package <laughs> no, out no. of the sky. Yeah, it could right? be an iPod. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But I mean, it, but the point illegal. is like, that. That's, that's a messed up thing to do. Yeah. If pizzas are continually flying, like if I live next to a pizza restaurant <laughs> and there's continually <laughs> like drones taking off with pizzas, <laughs> there's nothing stopping me from just getting a pool skimmer, you know, that goes up really high, yeah, yeah. netting one down. The other thing, the other thing too is this. The other thing too, the other thing, because I thought about it, that's what I would do. Because so you can stretch those you don't wanna, Yeah, you don't want to shoot it. You no, don't want to shoot it. I'm not even damage property. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. If you're flying, the thing is, you're just I stupid. take back the airspace thing. If you're flying the drone over my house, that's my pizza. For the, from the moment, okay, okay, listen, 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 listen. Because I also believe in personal property rights. So here's here's the situation. I'm going to figure this out for everyone right now because it's it's, it's an undetermined political issue. If the, well, listen, listen, listen. From the moment the drone crosses my property uh-huh. line, right. uh, you have air rights on your property. <laughs> Personal property okay. is fun pur- pursuit of happiness. Okay, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's synonymous with land ownership. Okay, so as soon as it, as soon oh, as it crosses, just listen, Eddie. It, if as soon as it crosses over yeah. my property line, if, even if it's fifty feet, so in the, the air, Disney thing. So that, it's like Disney World. It, even if it's yeah. zipping by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those two, I don't have like a huge yard. <laughs> yeah, two or three seconds. Yeah, two or three seconds. That pizza's mine. That pizza is mine. Even if I net it down, and it. I would even take the whole thing. I'm yeah. not associated. A piece of pizza is what you want. I'm going to net it down. It was mine. It was in my. It was in my property. Yeah, feta and lamb and pita pizza. I will take. I will take probably two slices, and then I will send the drone on its way. Yeah, because it's it's pulling back on you. It wants to leave. You're but it's not even about that. If I wanted to, I could take the drone and put it in my garage, and it's mine. But, but I'm saying not going to do that because I understand like that would ruin it for everybody. Right. But right. you drones, put a, you have a little leash that you just hook it, and it's pulling and pulling and pulling and waiting yeah. to get back. Yeah, yeah. You take your pizza. You load it back in. They get their three quarters of a pizza. Oh, yeah, oh, oh. you just need one of those things like the old timey West uh, re- train stations where they had that big hook yeah. for the mailbags. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so the train just going by and the mailbag just like grabs it. You can just grab exactly. pizza. And then I just strap it on the next one. And yeah. whoever he, that person's getting a pizza <laughs> and a pizza with only two slices. Yeah. Like it's a whole balance system that will work itself out. In the end. Eventually, even though you didn't get your pizza today, Maybe next time you're going to get the one that yeah, I only one take. and three quarters. Yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. That's a really good idea. I, I'm really down with that. I do think there is a personal property right though. Like if you can shoot it out of the sky or you can grab it. But what if you shoot it out over your neighbor's yard? At that point, you've committed a crime. <laughs> but I think that isn't it <laughs> at that point? At that point, that you, what you've essentially done is a home invasion. If you shot <laughs> over their property line, yeah. that's you know. Hey, we're getting into murky territory here. We're getting murky but territory. Tell me, tell me if you didn't have a drone, like wouldn't you also order like a box of like some sort of like little toy or something? And I would drop one in my neighbor's yard every single day with the drone, right? Like I would just release it so it drives them crazy. I feel like a drone is an endless source of jokes. Oh, it definitely. Well, seven. 11 also this month uh they delivered coffee donuts and a chicken sandwich to a customer as part of a trial so we could have here's a you get to be that the future is here 10 years we're gonna have fast food zip it over our houses 24 7 five two i mean 
It's it's happening fast. Do you know what they should do? They should they should just forget even ordering anymore. You just look up. It's like, oh, here comes some Chick-fil-A, and you just net that down. Yeah. It's sort of an honor system type of deal at that situation. <laughs> right. Oh, it's Giant. almost like those sushi buffets where it just keeps going by you. You yeah, grab what just, you want. It's a continually yeah. zipping yeah. around you of drones carrying app, fast food. You pop yeah. on your app, and you go, I just got a you know number one pickle packet. And a yeah, and you predicted all this. Wally. That's what I'm saying. That's where we're going. The self-driving cars, the food just being flown to you from the sky. We're never going to have to get out of a recliner again. This is fulfilling the dream of the 80s. Like back when I was a little kid, like the, the dream Christmas present was like they had like a Mr. Robot that could like, oh my like hold a Coke can and like bring mm-hmm. it to you and oh, stuff. That was everything. or like or back then is when like the the like the big recliners, you know, they they added like fridges in the side of the big recliner. So yeah. you could like hold your sodas cold while you yeah. sit there and watch TV. And wasn't it Atari or Nintendo that did like the game bot, like a robot that could play video mm-hmm. games? I mean, this it's is the pretty dream cool. of the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. We're waiting for it. It would Stranger be nice. things. And yeah. All right. What do you have, Eddie? Well, uh, we went from pretty happy to a fairly depressing uh, slice, but that's my role on the show, I guess, right? Just <laughs> bring the room down. Yeah. Oh. yeah I was waiting to come let's, down off that high. Down. Let's talk about depression. Um, according to a new study out of, this is my, I think this may be my favorite part of it. It's Harvard and the University of Vermont. And you know, the University <laughs> of Harvard's like, yeah, yeah, okay. We can do it with us. That's fine. Uh, University of Vermont's like, oh, thanks so much. We're so happy to be included. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about the University of Vermont, but I'm sure I don't, they're nice people. Yeah. yeah I don't but think they're no Harvard. I don't think, I think Harvard it's needed, safe to, yeah, 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 exactly. Goodwill hunting wasn't walking around and drawing stuff on the University of Vermont walls. Next. Um, so a study that they did, they taught a, a computer, you heard about the computers, um, how to analyze aspects of Instagram photos, such as, I, well, because you've read the entire internet every single day. <laughs> no surprise. It's an interesting story. Um, so they analyzed 44,000 posts from 166 people and found that with very high accuracy, almost 70%, they could predict depression in a person by their Instagram post, analyzing things mm. such as color, brightness, faces. Um, and what, the, what are some of the indicators? Yes. Because I want to go through my feed. Researchers yeah. found, well, maybe they already did. <laughs> Crying. Researchers found. No, not my feed. I want to look at the people that yeah. I'm in my feed that I'm following to I, see if I can spot any of these trends. Yeah. I think you may want to look at your own I'm feed. I'm not depressed. Look at the oh, plank in your own eyes. Um, <laughs> I don't think you are either. Uh, so the researchers found the Instagram post to be, uh, they tend to be well what would you expect saturated darker okay see i was wondering if it was maybe the overcompensation that no. they were trying to be it, happy actually, and cheery yeah they, they said that the the black and white filter or whatever it is yeah inkwell filter <laughs> is the most often used by people who are depressed um so non-depressed people preferred the valencia filter interesting i usually go filterless and do my own color adjustments yeah you gotta do it on visco yeah. yeah. What are we yeah. animals? What are no, we going to use? Them? <laughs> 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 um, you, you should read what the University of Vermont said about you guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah it's <laughs> you're just like thanks for having us. Um, <laughs> Frisco's for sociopaths. That's <laughs> <laughs> you guys, the Harvard people, talk to us. So, so really, the the desaturated, darker, melancholy, right. really that darker, comes through. See, more, I yeah. would have thought it's it's basically exactly what you'd think. Yeah. Except, That's except it has been. Like, st- 
statistically proven that said that 70% they they were correct 70% of the time. So they they looked at the studies and then they talked to the people and they found that with a pretty high accuracy. And it was a large I think it was like 44,000. It was 44,000 people. Yeah. That they predicted it seventy percent of the time. Do you find that to be true in real in real life? I mm-hmm. mean, like being a counselor, like because I can think about people in my life. We all have our struggles, and yeah. I can think about friends of mine that that I know have struggled with different types of depression over the years, and and the coping aspect of it. Many of them would almost overcompensate yeah. or kind of like hide that reality from mm-hmm. their friends and mm-hmm. almost be too cheery or too got their stuff together and not really honest right. about yeah. what they were struggling with. Right. And I would think that social media being a highlight reel of right. life, you would want to portray mm-hmm. something that you're not actually feeling. But but I wonder with this though, because there's it, an artistic aspect to it, not yeah. so much like the subject matter of the picture. So like, <clears throat> let's say, let's say I'm like a, someone who's struggling with depression, but I'm trying to hide it or compensate or not kind of be that emotionally transparent. Right. And I take pictures of my vacation and my smiling family. But if on a psychological level, when I'm like treating those pictures, they still treat them desaturated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like wow. well, it's, it's like, almost like it's leaking through to, it, because the subject, the, the, the interesting finding wasn't so much about the content of the pictures, but the way that these people artistically, their impulse. Almost how they see the world. Exactly. It is oh. literally the lens through which they are be, viewing be, because, the world. Because they, it's not that they necessarily even associate the black and white no, no. Consciously with depression. Just so, so, so like they wouldn't think of it like, well, I don't want to do black and white because I don't I want to hide that fact that I'm depressed. They don't even have the link there. But on a subconscious level, that's what they're communicating. Well, and then... You know, literally everybody right now is going through their own... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, the other thing... Delete, 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 yeah. delete, delete. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I feel like we can relate to it somewhat on music. Like if you're in a sad mood, to hear a song that's like super perky is like almost an assault. It's like hard mm, to annoying, hear that. Yeah. And it's almost like if you're not making a real conscious decision, which people aren't, they're just posting. You would have put on some Damien Rice right. or something. But yeah. there was a third factor I that I thought maybe, maybe it's a little too pointed at maybe that's it. But depressed people also posted more photos of faces, but had fewer faces per photo. So it's generally they had more like single faces, but not like groups of people. It was like general overall, it was less a people. selfie or my friend, right? Or yeah. Whatever, right? Not uh-huh. Right. Groups of friends. And so there's kind of like that isolation. They're kind of speaking to that isolation piece of it. But I thought it was a super interesting wow. study. I thought I was like really proud of the University of Vermont for riding the coattails. <laughs> so, so, in, so in your scenario, like if Harvard and University of Vermont had Instagram feeds, Vermont would it be all oh. black and white just because they can't live up to the... Yeah, I I'm, I think it would be the did, saddest did they thing go, in the world. did it go beyond I mean 44,000 are we were, were they finding anything any other like traits other than just the depression indicator I mean people who are narcissistic or people who are It did not speak okay, did to, to that. that in okay. in this uh but, in this kind of synopsis. I would, I would for, think it would be pretty obvious to see the narcissist just from the number of selfies in the Yeah, movie but inside. I think I think the nature of this study was looking at I think they gave a questionnaire that actually asked them yeah, whether was, they actually suffered from depression and anxiety or if they've ever been diagnosed or something. I think they were specifically looking for it because like the narcissism too, like if you're trying to determine 
determine if someone's like a narcissist from their social media feeds. I kind of feel like content would be a bigger indicator right. than style. There, right, right, you know right, what I mean? Right. I I don't know. I don't know. It, it could be counterintuitive. You know what I mean? Or it could be the compensation thing. Like yeah. someone who's like obsessed with their own experiences could be bringing other people into like comp. Yeah, it would be it's interesting. Also, narcissism also is a hard diagnosis because someone who's a really good narcissist would know well enough to not post pictures of themselves. Like right. would really they though? Good- I think that's what would be interesting. Yeah, that, you know? that is that is interesting. But any number of personality disorder. Well, yeah. or well, I, I don't know if it's correct to call it disorder. Any other like yeah, personality. Yeah, right. exactly. Like right. that you could determine. Well, they're saying that basically that it's an interesting study because it could be a predictive pattern. Like you could, there th- this computer program could essentially point out people that may have depression and be able to predict that before they even almost like those DNA websites. Yeah. Like you're going to die of prostate cancer one day or like minority report, you know, precogs. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's what the DNA website slippery slope is, is doing. That's that's where we're going. My parents. Yeah. Yeah. I did a blood test funding that industry. Did you really? Well, they, they said that that if drones come in, I'm going to be the type of person that's going to go to prison for (laughs) invading airspace. Yeah. That was the number one thing. (laughs) I mean, they, they, you know, they sent out a, a you know yeah, warning right to law the, enforcement. They were yeah, right on they the knew they knew precogs. Well, I, I yeah. wonder if we can uh, contact the University of Vermont to you know uh, hit up any other universities to study oh, other personality they traits. They just they just called. They're really excited just to like, talk to us. Maybe they can ask the University of Montana to predict <laughs> you know wilderness traits in people or something. I don't know. Yeah. Adventurous. I, I, de- I definitely want to partner them with something because I kind of don't just trust them on their own. Yeah, <laughs> no, they need <laughs> they need the side of love. <laughs> They need to sidle up. That's what we're saying. They need a mentor. You know? They need. It's, it's, you know, they, here's, I looked, what I determined about them from looking at their Uh dependency issues. Dependency issues. (laughs) They're codependent. That's true. (laughs) By the way, I I just got an email here. The University of Vermont has pulled their spots there. (laughs) (laughs) The college issue coming up. You know what? I know nothing about the University of Vermont. But but there's somebody listening to this show that is burning. Sitting on the quad right now at the University of Vermont. (laughs) Why are they saying this about my school? Because I am ignorant. ignorant. That's why. All right. That'll do Stay tuned. Coming up next, Nate Bergazzi joins us in the studio. Listening to Bishop Briggs, the song is called Pray slash Empty Gun. Really? Yeah, it's a good song. The hook just says Pray. No, I mean, I loved the song. I'm just saying it was an interesting title. Yeah, Pray, Empty Gun. I'm hungry. Keep moving. This week's feature segment is brought to you by, that was a good setup. It's brought to you by Blue Apron. Thank goodness. Blue Apron, listen, not all ingredients are created equal. Oh, I know. I don't even want to get trolled. Trust me. Trust me. You ever had a pizza in New Zealand? (laughs) Fresh, high-quality ingredients taste better. They're better for you. So it's important to know where your food comes from. Uh, That's where Blue Apron comes in. Blue Apron, we knew they were going to be a show sponsor, so we signed up. 
and have been cooking some Blue Apron meals. And let me tell you, delicious. Now, I've been trying to cook since, since you know, the last... Shauna shamed me that I was just eating bologna for dinner most nights. Okay, uh, let's go to Shauna's defense for a second. Okay. I don't think she shamed you. I think, I think she, she was concerned about your yeah. cholesterol. I think she well, loves you. I think, <laughs> let me just say that volume of cured meats. Yeah. Once again, been down that road, and yeah. medically, I can't go back. So, <laughs> so I've been trying to cook more, and 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 you know, I'm I'm the type of guy I go to the grocery store, and I'm like, okay, well, here's some meat, and here's some lettuce. I guess I don't know. I don't have recipes in mind. But you yeah. got half a sandwich here, <laughs> basically. <laughs> you know, Quiznos action. <laughs> and so at night, I'm like, kind of like just grilling stuff, and yeah, I don't know. You saw what happened to Quiznos. We'll cobble together a meal somehow. <laughs> right. That's basically where I'm at in my cooking. But I am getting better. But I'm telling you, Blue Apron yeah. just is a game changer. Yes. Uh, so they've partnered with uh, over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. So their beef is raised humanely. Their chickens are free-range. Pork is raised naturally. The quality of the ingredients are insane. And then they ship the exact amount that you need. And that's the thing for me is like, right. I go to the grocery store and it's like, I got to buy this whole thing of yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Well, am I going to go buy a whole cow? Yeah. Right. Get a deep freezer. Come on. Uh, Blue Apron ships the exact amount of ingredients you need required for each recipe. And so they're reducing food waste and it's for, it's less than 10 bucks a meal. Uh, Blue Apron will deliver seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients to make delicious home cooked meals for less than 10 bucks a meal. Blue Apron will deliver seasonal recipes with all the ingredients and everything you need for delicious meals right to your home. It's incredible. It's Awesome. And uh, Channing, I might say, if you're ever cooking for two, mm. uh, whoever's with you might be impressed by your Blue Apron cooking skills. You know what I mean? You can do a little cooking. Some sort of like pesto thing. Okay, yeah. so this month in August, these are some of the meals that I'm saying came. cooking okay, ready? for a girl. Spiced pork burgers with goat cheese and cucumber corn salad. Wow. You had me at spiced pork. Yep. Summer <laughs> vegetable and quinoa bowl with fairy tale eggplants, shishito peppers, and corn. Uh, chicken tingo tacos with summer squash and tomato salsa. I'm telling you, I'm cooking this stuff. I don't even know what some of that stuff is. I'm cooking this stuff. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash relevant. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash relevant. Go to that URL and get your first three meals for free with free shipping. Love it. Cool. Incredible. All right. Well, this is where our special guest, Nate Bergazzi, is going to join the show. So here is Nate Bergazzi. Pluto's on a planet. It's not been a planet for a while. That's how long I've been out of science. Because uh, once they did that, they're like, like, you can't just jam Pluto down my throat my whole life. And then right when I get out of school, you're like, we were just kidding about Pluto. Uh, that affected me, you know? Like, in elementary school, I got a C because I forgot to put Pluto. And turns out, I should have got above an A. That's what I should have got. I should have probably been teaching the class because I nailed it years ago. That's, I never believed in Pluto. So, said it's too far. I go, you guys will see. Yeah. Well, Nate, thanks so much for coming in, man. Absolutely. No, thanks for having me. Have you, have you been through Florida a lot? Uh, you know, like growing up, like I guess you, we came here. We went to Disney World uh, with my wife, mom, and daughter uh, a few years ago. Uh, a couple years ago, I guess. And then, so like there, like for doing comedy, it's been like, uh, I've been in Jacksonville. There's a club there. I think y'all have a club here in Orlando. Yeah, the like, improv. Yeah, I've not, I haven't been there, but like uh, I've been to Miami improv a long time ago. 
And uh, this isn't a big comedy <clears throat> scene, so it's rare that you would come through. Yeah, Florida's like weirdly like there's not a ton of like cl- like it's a right. it's just a state that you end up not hitting like you don't. We get the arena stuff like yeah, or, or Hard Rock, ga- like yeah, yeah, Gaffigan, yeah, yeah. or, or yeah, yeah, those yeah. tours, uh, Aziz and Mark Marin and all yeah, those guys yeah. did a big comedy tour Oddball. last summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They that. do. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. Like people ask, like, are you coming to Florida? Then you're like, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if y'all have something. Like, <laughs> well, so. Je- Jesse and I saw you at South by Southwest at a, oh. a, a gig that uh, yeah. Judd Apatow put together. That I think it was. Who, who else? Hannibal was there. Yeah, Robert um, Klein. Ooh, yeah, Han- Hannibal came in kind of last minute. Yeah. yeah, he was not. He was just making fun of everybody the whole time. It, was, he was, it seemed like he was testing material yeah. and having fun with it. <laughs> Loosely. But you, you killed that night. Do you Have you played South by a lot of times yeah, in the past? I've done, <clears throat> I've done uh, like, I think, four straight years. Uh, yeah, it's been past, like, four straight years. You stood like, out, though, because... Oh, number one, I hadn't seen you live before. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, a lot of the other comedians are kind of like, okay, punchline, blah, blah, blah. And your style is, like, this like almost like storytelling that like you don't want to laugh because you're going to miss nuance that makes it even funnier. And so like I found myself like banging the wall. Like, like I was like, because I didn't want to like make noise because I was going to miss it. You know, when you have a set like that, do you know that you killed it? Uh, yeah. You, like the, and there was a situation where it was like, uh, the whole, cause it was, they did the new Pee Wee movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so they showed that, then they did the show and a lot of people stayed. Uh, and then, you know, it is. I, sometimes when you come out, like, there's always a, there's a thing Seinfeld said, like, or like anybody that's f- real famous, like, the thing that they miss is being not known because you get to surprise people. So, and that's like, you know, that's the funnest part is like going out, like, where you know people don't know you. And like, with a show like that, it's like, it's going to be a little different than like Hannibal, everybody kind of knows him. Or like Robert Klein, they know, him. like, so who knows, like, if they're going to, have to do newer stuff or where when I go up, no one really knows me. So I can like mix in whatever I want and you can just go like destroy. Like, uh, and not in like an arrogant way, but just like, dude, you I, just, I you're was, in front of a good crowd. Yeah. I was you know? doubled over the entire time. I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. I look over at Jesse. He's like this. He's like, <laughs> he's like studying you. He was like using a master's class of like, you know, the self-deprecating storytelling. It was amazing. I think of it like, uh, like time traveling. Like if I could go back in time, like if I could go back in time tonight and go back to like the twenties, knowing everything I know right now, I don't think I would make a difference. I don't think you guys would even hear about it. I don't think you would. I just don't, like, because I don't have anything to get, you know. Like, I would go back, and I would see, like, some guy on an old phone, and I'd be like, hey, eventually they have phones you, like, carry in your pocket. And they're like, yes, like, how do they do it? I'm like, I mean, I don't know how they do it. Um, I think it's a satellite, I think, a satellite. They're like, what's a satellite? I should have even said that. It's like metal. Metal's got to go pretty high in the air. I don't know if you guys are doing... I don't even know if I could prove I'm from the future. I don't even think I could. I think I would just get stuck. Because they would want something. Like, who's the next president? Oh, boy. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. You guys are going to love him. He's really good. They just think I'm from the past. That's what they were like. They would just look like... They don't have to get a regular job. I would just have to, like, wait tables or something. In the 20s. I would go back in time and do worse than I'm doing right now. Well, it like, tonally, it was so different from what those guys do, yeah. too. Yeah, Robert Clay was filthy. 
Yeah, I, I was. I was. Su- dirty yeah. old man. I was surprised that. But and you come out and you're clean. Yeah, like that. That's why I was like googling you. I'm like. I mean, I'd heard your name for, and I remember seeing you on Fallon and stuff, yeah, and but Conan. everybody's clean on Falcon yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but your whole set like stood out, and so I'm Googling you, trying to figure out like wh- why you were clean. Yeah. Why were you Just, clean? Uh, I grew up uh, watching clean comedy. Uh, you know, my parents, I, I could never be... It's it just, I never wanted to do it, and then like... Uh, I, my parents, like I couldn't do it in front of my parents. Like, you know, like uh, they yeah. would never come... Like I would just feel horrible. Do, like, in your back of your mind, in a set, or do you ever think like, if my if mom I, heard I, this on the internet? Yeah, yeah uh, you know, I used to worry about like stuff. Like if it'd be a podcast, I wouldn't. I still don't ever say anything. Like I like now, it's almost like you're going to get. I want to just make it through without. I had to, I did like my one acting thing with the Marin, and I had they had a line written uh, that was like kind of like a dirty line. No, it wasn't anything crazy, but so my mom saw that. But then I have to like. Be like, look, I'm, I have to say this. This is a line. It's not, you know, whatever. Like, uh, but I try not to do it. Like, but you know, I haven't entered that world of like the yeah. acting thing where like who knows what's going to happen. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah, you just think about. I mean, you know, you grow up like uh, I grew up Southern Baptist, so you still you think you still think that way where you're like you just don't want them to get mad. Like, you know, I don't know. Very like some of them can be very uptight, and my parents are they've gotten a lot. Looser, yeah. As I think it's funny that your kind of Southern Baptist Tennessee upbringing is still so formative to like. Oh yeah, I won't do my my sister will like. I mean, I've heard her. She's kind of like she's cussed in front of my mom. I mean, I still would not do it. Like she's done it. You know, it's just it's it's so different. The physical, like I can't believe. I know. I'm like, are you serious? I'm I'm nine years older than I'm forty years old, and my parents still think I've never listened to secular music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How how Southern Baptist? Like, did you did you listen to like? I mean, did they like restrict like the kind of stuff you could watch? Oh, we couldn't watch anything. I remember the when I was like nine, I went to a friend's house, and he was in. they they put in Friday the Thirteenth, oh. Jason, and I said, <laughs> you jumped right right in. 16, wow. yeah, and I was like, I wouldn't, my my parents won't let me watch this, and uh, I had them call my mom, and then they were like, and she was like, he can't watch that, and then they came over and got me, and I went home. Like, You're a good boy. It was like a good, yeah, like I was very like uh, a very naive, like I didn't like. There was a lot of stuff. I still think like kids in high school. My I went to a Christian high school. I didn't think anybody drank. And then you found out, like, later on, you're like, oh, some people would have parties and go drink in, like, high school. And I mean, I'm, like, now, 37, like, blown away. Like, what? <laughs> y'all did, we weren't supposed to, like, my head just goes, we're not supposed to be drinking. I don't understand why y'all would do that. Uh, so, yeah, I grew up, yeah, it's like that. You listen to the music, you listen to uh, Christian music. Uh, my first, what was my first concert? Uh, Michael W. Smith was, like, yeah. my first concert. Oh, look, look behind you. We just acquired the Double Platinum Jesus Freak album. Oh, on the on the, the floor on the floor over there, there. Oh, yeah, I bought yeah, it at a Goodwill yeah, yeah, yeah. auction from the <laughs> yeah, Goodwill of Middle yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> Lifeway yeah. Christian Lifeway Christian stores <laughs> yeah. threw it out, and I bought it online. It arrived yesterday. I mean, they, like that, oh, that old school yeah. nostalgia, you know. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was like a cool album when you're growing yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> so, so growing up like that, and then you, obviously at some point you started getting into comedy. When, yeah. when did when did that happen? And what was that like, especially coming from you know a conservative Christian background? Uh, it was pretty crazy. Like, uh, my, my dad's a magician. Uh, and so that, like, I think I somewhat 
like even though I wasn't thinking like I wanted to do what he did, it was very normal what he did because I he did it my whole life, so I never didn't see him do it. You w- know? W- would he do like churches and stuff? Or uh, yeah, 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 churches, schools. Churches are big on magic and yeah. the dark arts. Yeah, yeah, uh, he threw all his magic away a long time ago because of that. Did uh, he? Really? Like, I oh, told wow. him like a long, long time ago. And when he was like, he then they didn't grow up. My parents, my dad has an amazing testimony. Like. And, uh, and he doesn't have, but like when he was like, uh, into magic, probably like twenties or something like that. And, uh, they told him like he was, it was like that was Baptist. Like it was, you know, you're not allowed to do that kind of stuff. It kind of got rid of it all. And then, uh, then got it back. Cause you know, it's, you know, yeah, now, it's like, I it's broke like, all my secular CDs that I used yeah. camp once and then I <laughs> rebought them over the years. I, yeah, since yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. I was at one of those things. <laughs> And I was one of the kids that went back out to the dumpster. We're like, dude, there's some good DVDs in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can you believe this? Like, these are all free. Yeah. Like, they're gonna, they're literally you know gonna where burn. to go hang out. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So, what was the thing where you're like, okay, I'm pretty funny. I need to stand in front of people and let them see how funny I am. Uh, you know, growing up, like you would be funny and like you'd we'd make jokes about uh, saying you should we should go perform at Zanies, which is Nashville's local club. And uh, on my uh, like in high school, like where you go being. Years I wrote like uh, performing at Zany's, but I think I wrote it as even as a joke. Like I didn't even, I still didn't think like I was never like I'm going to go do this. Like, uh, and then I went tried to college, nothing worked, and I was going to just work a regular job. And a buddy moved, wanted to move to Chicago to go to Second City, and uh, it's always been in my mind. And I was like, kind of like, yeah, I'll go, man. And we just moved to Chicago, and then started from there, and then you know, took off. So you did second city for like eight weeks. And then I got into open mic. <clears throat> then I start, <clears throat> then I got into comedy, like stand up. Did yeah. you, did you not like the sketch world? Uh, you know what I didn't like about it? Like being wanted to be clean. I didn't like that. I would be take, I could get taken in a, a way. I don't want to be it's taken like outside like, of your control. Yeah. Like, cause you, cause everybody's involved. And, uh, so, I mean, I, I, this class when you're opening, I mean, everybody's the worst. Uh, <laughs> they're just so, trying to one off each other, yeah. yeah like, not, filth, yeah. So it's like, yeah, and that's where everybody's going to go. Like, their mind's going to go. There's like, it, this is like cutting for, but like, there's like a comedy club where they want like everybody to be clean. At, it's like in Pennsylvania or something, juniors maybe. And they wanted every, they, you have to be clean. It's a big deal, whatever reason. And, uh, but they would have the host, they would let a kid like that's never done comedy host. Like, you would literally, you could fill your name out. And they pick a name out, and you would get to go host a weekend. It's a horrible idea. Yeah, the worst idea. The worst idea. And everybody's got to be clean. And then you're like, you you send someone up there, and I mean, someone that doesn't do comedy and they're nervous, like they're going to be the filthiest. And like that's all that happens. I think the guy likes watching it not go good. Like uh, it's like for his personal yeah. entertainment. You just see him like cackling, like that's going real bad, and like the audience is like, this is terrible. Yeah. Who are your like favorite comedians? Like who inspired? you uh you know i was a big seinfeld's probably my uh was probably my biggest like i'm a huge seinfeld fan like and uh do you know him no i've been i've gone on a show around him like at gotham uh in new york like he stopped in and uh i've seen him like twice but he's like you know like when you see him you're like oh you know it's like very yeah yeah yeah. it's like see like it'd be like him uh Michael Jordan, like, you know, the Tiger Woods were always like the guys that you would be like, oh, wow, like yeah. that's pretty wild. Yeah. So uh, you made it when you're on Comedians and Cars getting coffee. That would be. You've arrived. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it would be. Well, you know. I mean, you're right. I mean, you've done Marin and Pete Holm, yeah. like all the, you know, the big, I yeah. feel like comedy interview shows. 
Yeah, no, it would be unreal. Like, uh, you know, it's like that where you just hope they even know, like if they even like see, you you know, I mean, it's like, you just want to do whatever. Like if you can go open for him for the rest of my life, I'd be like, this is the best thing. You know, when you, when you saw him, did he see you perform or do you No, 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 I don't, he has any idea who I would be. And like, have you gotten the sense when you watch that show though, that he, I mean, he doesn't really prepare. He just really wants to kind of like hang out and like see where the conversation goes. And you see the ones where he just really doesn't click with the person. Like when Jim Gaffigan was on, it was kind of awkward to watch because you could tell like Seinfeld, like he'd kind of make fun of him and he didn't really take yeah. the bait. It just is a weird banter. And then I watched one literally last night on my phone laying in bed and and uh, he it was John Oliver. And like halfway through the show, like Seinfeld's having such a great time with him. He goes, this is great. We're going to be friends. Like yeah. you could just tell like he that's like, like probably, that's it's the rare dream for him. Of it. Yeah. yeah, it's rare for him to like connect with another comedian in that yeah. way or something. I don't know. Yeah. He seems to be kind of standoffish with other comedians. Oh, I think he's crazy standoff. <laughs> yeah. I think like, I don't I know any stories. Like I don't think he's a bad guy, but I mean, he's, he's just an older guy. Like, like I don't think for you to think how old he is. Like, I mean, not old, but he's like in his sixties and he's yeah. been like on top of the world for this entire time. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't, it's hard to realize Like you say he's on TV every day still for 20 years in like, yeah. uh, if not more, like, so he's been, you know, he's so famous. He's like movie star famous from a TV show. Like, it, it, and it's, I, I agree with you. Seinfeld to me is the best show of all time. Yeah. I think it's cool though, that he's a comedian's comedian. I mean, yeah, like yeah. he's paid his dues. He's got yeah. the respect of all you guys. Yeah. And then, and that you're even saying he's like kind of your favorite guy. Yeah, he's, he's just as a fan. The, he's my favorite. I love seeing the, the the respect that he kind of gets. Like if you see Chris Rock in him, you can tell Chris Rock kind of like if Seinfeld's like, all right, let's go, man. Chris Rock's like, okay, like you know, just because Chris because he's older than Chris Rock. So like in con, the, my favorite thing about comedy is that uh, the people that are above you, like no matter how famous people get, there's always like a there's still like an order. You know, and like I love like David Tell is like, like Amy Schumer is the most famous person in the world right now, but if she, if David tells next to her, like she's, there's a respect there. That's right. like kind of yeah. like, well, I'm not as good as you are. You know, like I just love that. There's that. There's but that, like, that's you know. reality. Cause like Marin and other shows kind of let fans like us kind of see glimpses yeah. of that behind the scenes or, or Louis CK show. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it really is like that though. I mean, you guys, yeah. huh, it's like a cool. high school. They always say like it's like <laughs> like a good high get, school though. Yeah, yeah. you say who you, like your kind of class is and who's your like guys that you've come up with and guys that were older than you. You know, so it's uh yeah, I, I that's what I love like that is that kind of world. So so going back a, a little bit when you you were in Chicago, you had decided not to pursue college and sketch comedy wasn't the thing. How long was it before stand up like started clicking? I was there, and I was there during. Uh, I was there for like two years doing comedy about a year and a half. And that was like, uh, Pete Holmes was there, TJ Miller, Hannibal, really? uh, Kumail, uh, whatever, all these guys that are huge now. Like, uh, yeah, they, we were all kind of there. And then, uh, I was just doing it there. I didn't kind of know what to do. And I would like go up and I was like, be so nervous. And, uh, I remember wanting like, I took a class or I'd go to an open mic and like, I remember we just, you would hope to, in a weird way, I'd want the building to burn down because then I could say, well, I wanted to go, but it, like the, the building burned down. I had every so, intention. Like, I had yeah, every, yeah. Yeah. It was like a weird, 
I used to always think that when I was real tired going to work, like in the morning, I'd be like, if I got into like a little wreck right now, I wouldn't hate it. Like, you know, just like a wreck now that you could like just sleep a little bit more. That's how tired you would be. Because like on paper, it counts as I going tried. to work. I, there's no one can like, argue with me yeah. that yeah, I... Yeah, you had a wreck. You yeah. come in. What do you want to... Then everybody's like, yeah. And you're like, I know, man. It's crazy. It's a crazy morning. Uh, just one of those. Just... Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna so, take tomorrow too. I kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get my it's head right. Yeah. Yeah. My neck probably it's a whole did thing. Something. It's a whole the doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would uh, yeah, like but like starting there, uh, I took a class like and I, the class like comedy classes like I don't think they teach you like how to be funny or whatever, but it just it's good to be around people that are starting to like that's the important thing is because you just need to be around like other guys that are like. Uh, I don't know. They're all going through the same thing. We're all new and whatever. And then, so I was in Chicago, then moved to New York. And, uh, that's really where it started. Cause I was going, every, that was every day. Like, and, uh, you would, I'd be handing out flyers and, uh, you know, all that. And it just started like coming, you know, just going up every day. You could kind of see yourself, like you get more laughs in front of people and, uh, kept going forward. And I think the first TV thing I did was like 2000, uh, I want to say seven, and it was like for CMT and it was in Nashville. It was pretty cool. Like for like, it was like, so I got to go home. Yeah. Everybody got to come and, and take this TV thing. And so that kind of started. Then it was like, you know, then from there is like Conan and little things that. When you were out in those earliest days, it, coming from the background that you did, that yeah. you did, did you meet other people that had similar like faith stories or were you like the only Bible uh, kind of Pete Pete Holmes. Oh yeah, is, uh, was uh, yeah, he was going to be a youth pastor? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was a big yeah. I always tell like uh, I always I've, and I've told him like it's all like when he's because uh, now it's like much different. I don't know what his exact beliefs are, but I know it's like you know a lot different. But like I uh, I would always tell, like I would always act like I get mad at him because I thought he was like he was this he was me. And then now that he's like, it's not the same. You're like, I'm be like mad being like, dude, you just like, feel like you just left. Like, you know, I got left back Oh wow! and, uh, in a weird way. Like, uh, so yeah, there's, you know, I know a lot of people, everybody grows up Catholic. I mean, cause once you move to Chicago, New York and like, uh, that's like, everybody's Catholic. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, you know, everybody would grow up and be like, oh yeah, I'm Catholic or Jewish, you know, uh, and so I don't know. I, like I'm trying to think of me like Baptist. They, they everybody has a weird view of like Baptist. Like yeah. I think they, but they, uh, you know, it's like it was just normal church. Like it wasn't. We were, what do you think yeah. we were doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's they're very, like snakes, sir. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like they think it's like the worst thing, and you're like, no. It's uh, I did a like moving to Chicago was the first time I ever met someone that didn't like believe like what I believe. I saw, thought everybody. Yeah, you grew up in Tennessee. I mean, every I was just, just talking cultural. to uh, yeah. a guy is from LA. He was talking about like, like I was like, everybody in Tennessee. I was like, if I drive around, I assume every single car, like everybody goes to church. Everybody's yeah. a Christian. I don't even yeah. think that that's even a like that's how I'm ninety five percent positive. The person yeah. in front of me is a Christian and goes to church. Right. And he was like talking about in LA. You would think that, but it's like an atheist. Like you would think he's like I would never even think that someone. Would, go to, would go to church or like be a Christian or whatever. And, uh, so it's, it's interesting. And sh when I moved to Chicago, it was the first time I ever felt like any kind of where people were like, Oh no, I don't, you know, that stuff's crazy. And you're like, what? Like it was pretty, like, it was pretty insane. And New York was the same way. And, uh, it made me like, I know some people would, uh, 
you get there and like it, you know, it opens your mind to a lot of things. And some people would go, you're right. I don't know why I was believing what those people, but I kind of went the opposite where I think like, well, what are you, I don't even know you. Like, why do I think you're right? Like, I think, you know, I was like, you know, it's like my parents, why would my parents lie to me? Like, why are those are the people that like care for me? So if they, you know, and I know it's like, you got to believe it all in yourself, but it's like, I don't know. I just always like, it made me go more like think, well, I think we're right. Cause I don't, you know, I don't know why, like if I just was so, I didn't hate it that they didn't think that or something. Yeah. Are you living in Tennessee now? Back in Nashville now. Are normal, you? normal people. How many years were you gone? 13. 13. Uh, yeah. 13 years. And then, uh, and I mean, we could end up going, you know, I have to go to LA a ton. So, uh, you know, who knows we could end up going, but, but it's at least like, I'm glad we got, we're there. We have headquarters kind of like in Nashville and like we can, hopefully my daughter can, you know, grow up. And, Cause Tennessee is a big part of your comedy. I mean, just yeah, kind of yeah. like formative. Yeah. yeah. It's a character. Being, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, that's a, a reason me moving back was even like, you anytime you'd have me, we need material. <laughs> yeah. And anytime you'd meet anybody, like you could just like, t- you could tell that they just, I might, they want me to live in Nashville. Like, you know, they want to like buy all in. Like they don't want like to like, I live in LA. Like they're like, yeah. if I'm like, I live in Nashville, they're like, of course you do. <laughs> of, course, of course you live in Nashville. <laughs> What, what was the, what brought you back? Like, what was the decision? Uh, we have a daughter, and uh, so I, I was starting my. I was going on the. I was starting to go on the road a lot more, and LA is pretty tough to fly out of. Like to go on the road, just yeah. and uh, so we. It, I was leaving them by themselves in LA, and I was like, you know, I just started thinking about it. I was like, it didn't matter. Like, I was barely in town in LA. No one. Once you start going on the road, once you get older, you don't, all your friends, like, you know, you don't see anybody. Like I did for the first six months I moved. I was like, nah, I didn't tell close friends. I was like, I'm just going to see if they would know. Cause there's no reason they would know. We would talk on the phone, but we won't see each other. Yeah. And then I, if I do see them, I'll just, when I'm in town, LA, I was like, I'm not going to tell anybody. Cause I, I was worried people would think I quit or something. And, uh, and then I finally just, I was like, it's stupid to even like I'm like this weird lie that no one cares, and so um, I want to know about those. We were talking about the early days, starting out, going to Chicago, going to New York. Like, what was it? you started up with? You know, all these other comedians at the same time, and you know, not many of you were still doing it. I would assume, you know, yeah. the guys you came up with. Like, what's the difference? Like, what's what made you keep going, or what? What I mean, at what point did you want to quit, but you decided not to? Uh. I don't know if I ever like thought about quitting. I remember one time, one conversation, my wife was like, well, how long would you do it before, you know, if it wasn't going anywhere, like before you would quit. And, but I told her, I was like, I don't think I would ever quit. Like, I mean, you gotta be, it's like when you, when you get into it, you have to be obsessed with it. Like you have to like give it everything you have, unless you have like some kind of like crazy, like some or not. I don't even say, I mean, there's a, everybody's there's talent, but like, unless you got like something that makes you end up like where you get grabbed out very early and you're like, well, now you're famous. And like, but, uh, to be in it for a long, you have to be obsessed with it and you have to do it. Like you have to think about it 24 hours a day and you have to be willing to go do shows that are not good or whatever you're doing and just try to keep getting better. And, uh, so you think that's the difference? Like the guys who fell off, uh, you think it was just, uh, just an obsession. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them not be obsessed. And I mean, you got to ride it out. I think they thought it'd be easy. Yeah. Some, I think some people think it'd be easy. Like, uh, 
But like, you know, I got did get lucky to get stuff. Like I got that CMT thing. That was like enough that I was like, you know what? I think I'm doing the right thing. Then next year was Conan and all this stuff. And uh, so some people, some guys don't get that. And then like, so it's very hard to be like, well, what am I doing? Like I'm doing this for 10 years and I don't have anything. Like, so it's, you know, there's a lot of luck involved. And, uh, you know, some guys, I don't think they fully obsess about it. I'll talk to guys. I'll be like, yeah, I quit for like a couple of years. Now I'm trying to come back in. You're like, that's, you can't have that kind of attitude. Like yeah. you can't be quitting and then think about coming back in. So I think some guys that don't make it like, uh, they, yeah, they, they do that. They get out of it and like think that they can just walk back in and they get frustrated with it or, and it's, it is frustrating. I, you know, I get it. Like I've, done it now for 13 and a half years and I've done a lot of things, but like it's a long time to do something to not like everything's going great, but it's, you know, I don't sell out like, you know, an arena or something like that. You know, no one know you know, you still, all these late night shows are how great they are. It's not like it was like with Carson where you're like, now I can do theaters and everybody knows, you know, you just do a bunch of them and you just try to keep getting better and try to keep waiting to find your one thing, you know, I got to think you're having a supportive wife and family. Oh yeah. Vital. Is is that rare? I mean, I kind of thinking, you know, I don't know that many comedians, but I'm just thinking it it seems rare to have a kind of a balanced, healthy family. It seems like the lifestyle would be conducive if you wanted to go the other way. Yeah. You know, I talked to Marin. I asked, we talked to Marin about that once, like with, uh, saying like, cause I was like, you know, my, my life was great. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, my parents were super supportive. Like they, you know, there was plenty of stuff they paid for a contest for me to get in that wouldn't, didn't mean anything and just wasted money on it. Like, just cause they, I was like, I, I have to do this. Like, well, he was flush you know. with magic money. So yeah, I mean, we were loaded. <laughs> yeah. yeah we had sold, all all this, sold all the magic tricks. <laughs> you don't know, that's why he sold it. <laughs> yeah, we had silver dollars yeah. laying everywhere. They grabbed them. He could together. steal them all back, and the and the person wouldn't even know because yeah, yeah. he just seemed to be one big, yeah, yeah. one big trick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how much was it? Twenty, and then he just, yeah. the guy never knows. Yeah, keep peeling them back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they were. I mean, wildly supportive, and like, uh, and my wife. I mean, I, you know, I would say my wife's family, like, not that they, because I've been with my wife since I was twenty-one, and like. Uh, uh, dated then and been married for it'll be 10 years this year like and they uh, but we like her family I think it was a little bit not that they weren't supportive but it's probably it is a little like what are you doing like because they've never like why would you what is this you're going to go try to do this thing like yeah. you know it just it doesn't make sense uh, are they from Tennessee from yeah in Alabama oh, okay. like, so they're all like right they're, her parents are an hour away too like, but so they don't have like the entertainment industry mindset for no them. I mean they're you know her dad's a pastor her brother's a pastor so I mean you know but in that world like but I mean, it's still like I guess it's speaking it's probably but it's at least it's a pastor like you know yeah, you, but can, you're in you can go yeah, you're yeah. A sinner. Just, uh, just a bunch of animals <laughs> out there <laughs> I'm curious I didn't know the, so because they're pastors, do you ever catch them like taking notes? Because I feel like for like a pastor, like having good jokes, yeah. a lot of them is like, this is yeah. just as important as the sermon. Uh, I'm just, I, mean, I, want, I want to say they are very supportive now. Yeah. Like they've yeah, always yeah, been supportive. Yeah. They never not yeah. did, but yeah. it was, uh, her dad, her dad loves my dad. Like her dad, <laughs> like my, my dad's very funny. And like his, his act he does is very funny. And I mean, her, I mean, I mean, her dad, like, he's always, he's nice, but then when he talks to me, he always asks about my dad, like, what are you guys, your, like, you can just tell, like, that he, is, he really loves what my dad does. So you got this from your dad? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. My mom's funny. I mean, everybody's funny. Like, but yeah, I mean, I got like, you know, uh, I guess like doing, yeah, doing this, like you have to, I would think it's comes from that, you know, like somehow, like, you know, were you ever tempted to, to do just because you grew up with it, but like the magic stuff oh, or is that? Stop being obsessed with magic. I'm, He's just, obsessed yeah. with I'm not magic. obsessed with magic. I'm just saying. <laughs> you are obsessed with magic. Magic is, here's my thing, man. Magic is poised for a big comeback here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you saw the it street magic stuff. We were on the verge. We were right on the verge. Culturally. And people it still just, were like, I don't, I don't know. They didn't trust I don't know. it. Didn't try, I don't blame them. I don't yeah. blame them. I get it. Uh, or did you just know yeah. you want to be in like entertainment in general? I don't, magic was like, I think it's like when you grow up around it, like you just, uh, it never meant the same to me. Like, so I'm not like, I'm still like, I, I, when I see him, like I'll forget how good he is and then I'll see him do something. And now that I don't see his stuff, I'm mean, I would see it every day. Like he would practice on us and like, so you, would, you saw, you, you knew how the tricks were done. I always say I can, I can't do magic, but I can ruin it for you. Like, so that's my, <laughs> so you're the really fun guy. I'm the yeah. fun guy. Yeah. It's like, dude, he's got, don't take him he's to the got two coins. Yeah. He's got he, two coins over he there. Tried, don't even, he's just not just really, he's Let's not really selling you those magic tricks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's not. <laughs> That rabbit's been in the whole time. <laughs> the whole you think you just time. pulled the rabbit? At, like the rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> you think it just materialized? No, it's trust me, it's in there. <laughs> so, so when you moved back to Tennessee, did you find like creative differences in your comedy itself, like in terms of like, your writing and your perspective after being in LA and New York? Uh, no, I, I, I mean, you know, you're always worried that you're never going to write a good joke. Like that's, that's the, I mean, even right now, like I, I was two weeks ago, I thought I could do another special. I'll tape it tomorrow. And then like the next night you're like, I might be the worst comedian that's ever lived. <laughs> like it's, it just goes like different ways and you don't feel like right now I feel very loose. Like it's like with your new stuff is like, I don't know, you know, it's like a little more open ended. Like I don't have it closed up as tight as like, uh, like my special was and like, you know, you kind of look into your, you see your special and you're like thinking like, I don't know how I can compete with that. And you're in a weird, I get in a weird like balance where like on that show with that South by was like, I did like older stuff. Cause there's a lot of people that don't know anything that I've done. Right. And so it's hard to tell who knows and who doesn't know. Right. And what do you know from, do you know just from this one tonight? You like, you've never seen any of the other stuff that I've done. So you try to like have a balance where you're trying to, you know, like, like if you're Louie, like, you know, everybody's seen it. So yeah. you can like chop it off and you move on. Yeah. And, but you know, for me, I don't know. I don't want to chop it all off. Like there's, I, cause there's still, I need to do some big jokes that are like still going to get people. And then. Yeah. But the worst is like, I saw Mitch Hetberg and, and, and even Gaffigan and it's like, they have these, like, it's like the crowd is saying the joke with them, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's like kind of like I don't know, ruins it. It's 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 not like the music thing where someone's like chanting like, yeah, play your biggest hit. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Right, I already know how the joke is. Under yeah. the punchline, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's a uh, yeah, it's a weird like you know like you can feel like. Cause it's like people that do know. Sometimes they bring people and be like, yeah, they yeah. want you to do they that want, joke because yeah. they want to see them. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I mean, you know, Brian Regan's a big like he at the very end he comes and says, I'll, and people yell out what they want to hear. Like, uh, yeah, it's it, there's not a ton of like it doesn't work in comedy. I always think I it makes me mad with music for some reason. I have like a weird like music makes because it's like people will search out musicians like you know. The level of like a comedian you have to get is so high for someone to like for everybody to get you. Where you, your music, you could be like kind of like 
kind of newer and people are like like they're good like i'll look all day for brand new music and like mm-hmm. comedy they don't it's just a weird that's a, like a bitter that's like being jealous it's true of, like, though it's like yeah. you have to come across my path versus yeah yes. knowing to look that's for a, you that's the best way to put it. yes yeah. i have to you have to somehow see me which is why the late night shows are so important and the yeah. specials are so important and yeah and then word of mouth and you know yeah, I mean, yeah. like even in the last couple of days, uh, just around the office, you know, we mentioned you were coming through and some people totally knew you and some people didn't and were like, just YouTube him. And yeah. like they go into the wormhole yeah. of your YouTube <laughs> clips and stuff. And then they're like super excited that you're here. You know, now they're fans, yeah. but they wouldn't even have come across you except yeah, for the fact that like somebody said, go someone, YouTube him. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, it's, uh, it's, that's what, and that's what you need. And that's what, you know, people, you know, that's very, very nice, and you hope that's all you can hope is people do that. Well, you know. YouTube, I mean, it's got to be uh, it's great because like all these random small shows that you've played, you know, people are putting clips up, and then it just auto plays the next one, and the next one. It's yeah. like it's almost like a, a special. Some of it, like jokes, will get mixed. Like I'll, you hear some of the same jokes, and that's just because you're like some of it. You're like I don't know. You, some shows you're like that was just a dumb show. Like yeah, your, your yeah. body type, talking about being in shape. Yeah, on one of them, you're talking about you want to go back to being twelve, and yeah. then on a clip on YouTube, talking about seven. Oh, yeah. Same joke, yeah. but you change the age. Yeah, well, I try to keep, keep it, it fresh. Keep it fresh. Yes. People yeah. don't even go, whoa, that one's different. That's I really was telling young. the joke yeah. along with him. And yeah. I got to pay attention here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's in a Ziggy Zag. Yeah. It's uh, one of those videos is an old one, uh, Hannibal's hosting. Oh, is he? He brings me up. Yeah. Really? It's like, you, yeah, it was a long time ago. The, uh, improv, yeah. Some uh, of them are very old and like, you know. What's what's the dream for you? Like, okay, so is it you want it your own show? Is it? I mean, what's the pinnacle? That that having your own show, and like, I, a, like, so like, like a sitcom, like a sitcom. I've tried. We've done. I've sold scripts for three straight years. We've never made a pilot, and then we're going to try again this year. And uh, whether it's going to be Netflix or a net, you know, I don't know. Like it seems is like it autobiographical moving. type of show. Yeah, yeah, Louis be, and yeah, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, last year wasn't, but like the other first two years I did, I had a, I did a develop, development deal with Fallon, like it, where he produced it and like, uh, but it just never went anywhere. I mean, you know, it's like you, then you start learning that side of things like where it's like, even with him producing, like it, they don't care, like, you know, or, you know, you just learn, you know, it's like every, like Raymond was like Letterman. I don't know if you know the, everybody loves Raymond's story, but he no. did, he did uh late night, he did Letterman. And then, like a couple of days after it, uh, they called and said, "We want to develop a show." Well, I noticed wow. his worldwide pants at the end of the yeah yeah. Show. So that's why he like owes so much. To, he could only do Letterman and like uh, not only, but he did, out of like yeah. respect yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, and that was a big and that was everybody loves Raymond. And then Letterman produced it. So Fallon, and we tried to do that, and it did not work. Well, for whatever it's worth, I think you'd be great at a show. I mean, like, I, I'd watch it. I mean, <laughs> T- tonally, would you go the direction of like a Louis or Marin that's like, you know, those are a little bit darker, I guess, yeah. but or more of like in the Seinfeld vein where it's. I would rather do sign like for just with my comedy, like and stuff yeah. is like you want to be like you where you're like, let's be no dirtier than Seinfeld was, you know, like whatever it is it but it, like in that way just because i don't want to yeah. do that i don't want you know when you see stuff everything's 
you know, so much stuff is so dirty now. Like, and that's been the benefit of being clean is you realize that no one's clean. Like no one, like no one tr- is trying to. Gafkin, yeah. Like there's, there's another very funny guy, Ryan Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, he's clean, unbelievably funny. And he's like my age. Like, so, but like, like young, I mean, even like younger comics, I mean, I don't see anybody that's, yeah. uh, I, it's gotta be harder. I mean, yeah. but that's why it stands out so much. It's like you're not playing to the lowest common denominator, you know? And you don't want, and like the goal is to not like, uh, you don't want to be known as clean. Like you don't want to be known as anything. Yeah. You don't want to be known right. as Southern. Funny. You yeah. don't want to be known as dirty. You don't want to be known right. as, yeah. So it's like, and, and people don't notice. And like, unless you like are going like, I'm a clean com, like right. I'm this, like no one notices. And that's, and I think that's it's, all you want. I think it only stood out to us that, that night, the first night I saw you was because you were, after Apatow and, and Robert Klein, and it was just like the contrast was so stark. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And I, I like, didn't even really know. I, don't, I didn't notice, yeah, notice yeah. until we started looking up more of your stuff. Yeah. You know, it was like, yeah, and that's the best. Like, I, yeah, you were always, just funny. You, you like when someone comes up and they're like, oh, I didn't even know you were clean. Like, yeah. and you're like, that's great. But I know people come for that reason, too. Oh, no, like, oh, really? I know. Well, I know people now come because, like, you know, when I go out, like, I know they, you know, the same way they like, go to Regan or Gafkin, they like that they can go and it's like safe and uh i always say uh, i have like comics will tell their parents to come watch me like i always say i'm a comics parents comic like I, like every time i go on the road like they can't go watch their own son but they're like go watch nate it's fine and safe like you, you're you not don't. gonna have like we talked about one week on here like the titanic moment like where you're watching yeah. titanic with your parents you're like oh gosh yeah yeah no no yeah exactly yeah. uh so yeah doing a show that would yeah. be the pinnacle. That would be yeah, doing uh, doing a show and uh, you know, and then just building uh, your fan base, whatever. So you can do big shows and. Do you like doing the huge shows or do you like this the theater, the intimate stuff? Uh, I mean, like a theater would be unreal. Like you know, I you want like just where you can set up your tour. Like I still go yeah. like. Or we try to set it up, but a lot of it is like if a club's like, "Yeah, we're taking here. Can you do this date?" You're like, you just have to go yes. Yeah. So you end up like crisscrossing a lot, like flying, you know, every week, and it's very, you know, I uh, I remember very clearly being like, you just want to get on the road, you want to do road work, you want to like, and you couldn't do it. Like I remember how much of a struggle that was and how frustrating it would be to like now to a point where you're, it's almost too much and you're like, so I didn't understand it's, you know, it's a good problem. And like, uh, but then, you know, if you get like, I'm going, uh, like if you open for guys, like I'm open for Burr next year for something, we were doing it, getting it set up. And, uh, he just like, I remember he was like, Oh yeah, we'll go do that. He just texts his agent. He's like, yeah, I want to go here this day. And it's like, they're like, all right. Because, wow. but it's like that Gaffin can do that. Like, yeah, when you're yeah. big, you can go, I want to go do, I want to go to Oklahoma tomorrow. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to go do a show. And then they just like, and then you go just do a show. <laughs> I, I would think the best, as a comic, the best crowd would be a theater, kind of like when you guys do your specials, as yeah. opposed yeah. to like the Dane Cook arena thing, which just seems terrible to me. Yeah. It seemed, yeah. I think you would do it like, I think a lot of people do it like you just want to say you did it. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, like, yeah, like if you to sell out the garden, I mean, even the way they did that, I mean, Dane did it in the round, yeah. which is much different than doing it the way everybody else does it because right. you have to block off seats where he actually didn't block yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Hart, like with him selling that stuff, it's 
unbelievable. And like those acts are much better for that. That's true. Because they're very animated. Yeah, they're very yeah. like they can move around. Like where mine would, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how the garden would receive you talking about swimming up to your wife's. Yeah. Boy, just the energy was you yeah. ever do this kind of things <laughs> in like the garden. Everybody's like, I don't know. <laughs> this doesn't. This doesn't work in this venue. Someone yells that out. <laughs> I'm like, Guys. Like, I can't hear you. Too yeah, far yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah. You're behind me in the round, way up there. <laughs> uh, what's the worst show you've ever played? Uh, I mean, you probably got a bunch of shoes. Yeah, from, it's, right? it's 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 like so many. I mean, so many of them are just you're newer and like you're when you're starting out. Like, I mean, you're like in the back of a Fridays, <laughs> and like it's just it's loud. I mean, I've had like game. I've been I've done I did comedy once, and uh, where the stage was was like there's a bar like a U shaped bar. Uh-huh. I'm trying to design it. So people listening, picture U shaped bar, and the stage was behind it. So it was like the the bartenders would walk around you, so they would be at your feet, and but there was a wine rack above you. So when people, when you would stand up straight, your head would get cut off, like no one could see it. So you're just doing your, so like you'd be doing your act, and like I mean, people would just see the middle your part torso. of your body. Yeah, they would see your torso, and they're like, I guess this guy's, and you're like kind of looking through the wine racks, kind of at people. And you'd have to like, you'd have to tell your jokes like kind of bent down. And, yeah, that'd be uh, really bad. Moving bottles of wine to like engage like, for you. Yeah. This is another yeah. comedy for this venue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've done it in the, in the round yeah. too. And that's kind of weird. Yeah. At the, the Phoenix is big. Like I did, oh, yeah, a, the charity, I did a charity show like, and they had, they had it there. Uh, didn't, that's Louie did there. Louis did. Carlin Louis had a special there. Special there. Yeah. yeah. And like, it was like pretty, the one I just did was like, uh, uh, it was like following my dad's on that show. Like there's a lot of magicians coming and they had like uh, Foxworthy was the headliner and uh, they had like six acts and then they would do an auction in the middle and the auction just takes forever and people get so mad like because the auction <laughs> just going, but it's like kind of, you know, it's a good thing, but it's like one of those, like some people are like, well, when's Foxworthy coming out? And like, uh, it takes like an hour for this auction. Then they bring these guys out to like the, a very nice, uh, uh, thing they were doing. They, these guys give cars to like vets that like, uh, don't have the money to get into the car and the car breaks down. They got to get to work and all this stuff. And so these guys, then they're like, all right, let's bring these guys up. Let them explain what they do. I mean, people are like at this point, like kind of being like, all right, man, let's, this is like way too much. <laughs> so like, like when the vet's like going explaining on. his story. Well, it was just the guys that ran the charity. Oh, okay. So then, they're, and then they're like, well, we'll be brief. Anytime someone says they'll be brief, they're never going to be brief. Like, uh, growing up in the church, I think we yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last point. Last point. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, this is Lord, like, last point is the start of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Is it one more acronym after, yeah, it's point 10. Exactly. Yeah. And they, uh, he goes and, uh, they talk forever. Then they bring a guy, uh, then they bring a vet out. They give him a car. Everybody, you know, it's an amazing moment. It's like staying in ovation. And I mean, and then, uh, I mean, immediately it was like, all right, everybody, Nate Bargetsy. Like, and, like, <laughs> and then I just had to walk out. You got seven minutes. And then you're just like, well, this is not going to be as fun as anything I said. Like, I'm like, this guy has real problems. He like didn't have... No he like lost his feet. He didn't have feet or something. It was a real. And then I got to go out and be like, my wife's pretty. Like she's on me right now. Like really, really like who cares? Like you know, whatever dumb problem I'm about to talk about. I almost joined the army when I was 18 just because they called. That was the only reason. I thought I got picked. I was like, oh wow, this is an honor. Like, uh, huh. I also signed up for a JCPenney credit card at 18. 
because they called and I was like, man, this day is getting crazier and crazier. I would love it. I would love a credit card. I just got called for the army. I'll go get some stuff. My mom had to go get me out of all of that. My mom had to call the army and JCPenney in the same day. She was like, he's not doing any of this. He got to the phone quicker than he usually does. So, what, What's it like doing uh, like the Tonight Show? Because you're saying it's not still Carson, but it's still yeah. like a big... Do you still get it pretty was, psyched out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not like... He's not getting, anymore. He's mad at Fallon for dropping his development. Deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was, that was not his fault, but it was... Uh, they didn't pick it up. Uh, but yeah, I could hate him. Just no. a little jaded. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you like, could, well, it's different now would, than it yeah. used to be. Yeah, you could hardly. When I was animosity. younger and naive, it yeah, was fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, no, it's, uh, it's amazing. And that, and that dude is like probably been the big, he's, I mean, he's been the biggest thing for, for me, even like getting those chances, but even being on the tonight, you know, it's like, I've done it, uh, I think the most out of anybody that's done it. And, uh, and I get, you know, they let me, I can come back every, I don't know, whatever it is, six to nine months. Like, uh, really you've done it more than anybody else uh, since he's been on, since he's been on. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And I had two late night. I had two like, right. I was the third one on, it was just Seinfeld Hannibal than me. And, uh, so that, I, that was probably the closest I felt to like the Carson because, because his ratings were so high because yeah. it just kind of started like, and I had a club that weekend. And, uh, so the first one tonight show I did, I mean, a lot of people came out and you could f- like, you were like, oh, they, they saw this on the tonight show, you yeah. know? And, uh, so he's been, I, yeah, that, oh, everything that I got, even just like putting everything, like, even being on his show and stuff like that. And. Uh, how much he said about my album, man. I've just gained a lot of like fans that are like fans of him that they just follow, you know. Because I mean, he's we did a, I did a tour with him, and uh, he I mean when he comes out on stage because he doesn't do that. I mean, you could it was unreal. Like people were, like lose it. Like uh, you know, it was like seeing like a being around like a really really famous dude where you you can't people can't believe they're seeing him and it's pretty crazy he seems like a dude that his persona is like the real deal like he seems like he's just genuinely as happy to be on that show as it comes off like i mean it's a big you know it's a it's a big deal it's like uh you know and i think it is an office he has like a picture of carson like like you know in there and like i mean it's something that like you know and he's great for it and he's you know he's done I mean, it's the biggest show. I mean, I do his show. I don't, I haven't, I don't know if I'll do any, you know, I don't want to say I don't know it won't ever do anything. I mean, Conan, I do, oh, Conan was the first one I ever did. Yeah. I did four there. Like, it was like, Conan was great, but, you know, but it's great like that you're, you know, to get in with him. I mean, he's, it's the biggest show of those shows. Thank you, everybody. That was unbelievable. I don't know. I try, I get to travel a bunch. I've been to like a bunch of different countries. I know, I don't know where any of them are. Or even where I, I didn't learn about countries in school, so I just learned about Tennessee, and then I was told about the states that touched us in case they attacked, and that was basically it. I just went to Honduras. We did uh, did a USO tour for the troops in Honduras. That's where it's going down next, and yeah, they told me they haven't even told America yet, but just it's fine. I went there, I was at the, I go to the airport and I told the guy, I was like, hey, I'm going to Honduras. And the guy was like, what city? And I was like, I'm just learning right now that's not the name of the city. So, 
Just wherever, wherever people are going, probably. I don't even, I didn't know you were going to grill me about it. Is it, is it awkward, the little thing that they say to you when they come up and shake your hand afterwards? Because like Conan, you were on a Conan clip that I was watching, and he comes up afterwards, and it just you could catch it on the background of the mic, yeah. and he goes, like, I enjoyed that, as he shook yeah. your hand or whatever. And yeah. it was like, that's just weird. Like, yeah. just say, like, you don't have to say anything. It's such a crazy moment like that you're like i don't think it matters like you yeah. could be like your shirt your shirt's red <laughs> like and you'd be like yeah thanks man like yeah i really I've, I've thought about this shirt a lot like you don't even yeah, you're just kind of it's like a blur i did have like uh when i did i did late night when he was in new york which i was happy to get to do like at least one i didn't get to do letterman or leno so I at least got to do one old school thing because conan was on as long as letterman and Leno. like that's yeah, always yeah. like the funny like he he started like basically when they started yeah and uh, so it was cool to get to do that, but I messed up a joke uh, on, an, on a late night on Conan when he was in New York. And I messed it up, like, very briefly. But, like, when you mess something up, like, when you get off stage, you're very, like, you just want to talk, you want to tell someone whatever happened. Like, if the crowd's good, if the crowd's bad, if you mess something up. So anybody that walks up, you'll be like, you'll say, it doesn't matter. And I remember he walked over and he was like, that was a really good job. And I was like, I messed that joke up. I don't know if that's going to be a problem. <laughs> and he just was like, what? And he's like, neighbor gets it. Like, he's like, why does he care? He's like, the last person I should tell. <laughs> yeah, the number one person. Don't yeah, tell don't you about tell, it. Yeah, just act like everything went. Yeah, he thinks it went great. So just say, yeah, it went great. Yeah. I wear red shirts. It's like you It's like you calling your mom watching Friday the 13th. The yeah. one person you shouldn't admit that you're yeah, watching dude, it. Yeah, I called yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, dude, thanks for coming through. Uh, you're on the road now, so where can people yes. can, where can they find dates? Uh, go to natebargetsy.com. It's all listed on there, you, and you're on Twitter. I update it on Twitter. I update it sometimes. You might see some old dates because I haven't <laughs> taken them down. So don't judge them. Don't me. <laughs> don't show up. I like and to be let you know what you missed. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I hope you come there and you go. Oh, he's coming to my town. Oh, that was six months ago. <laughs> He hasn't fixed his website. I'm like, no, I did it on purpose. Geocities.com. Yeah. Nate Bargetsy. <laughs> a little under construction. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's joke. all just, yeah. It's just a picture. Of a shovel. All right. Well, thanks for coming through. Yeah, man. value matters. So where you bank should matter too. Every dollar you put in a bank or credit union is used for something. And at Evangelical Christian Credit Union, your money is only used to support Christian ministry that aligns directly with your values and beliefs. At ECCU, every dollar you spend or save is supporting ministry like loans to churches and banking services for missionaries. Ask yourself, what does your current bank do with your money? If you don't know the answer, or don't like the answer, it may be time for a change. Visit www.eccu.org to see our competitive checking, savings, credit cards, and auto loans. That's www.eccu.org. 
or call 1-800-634-ECCU to learn more about how your money can build ministry. You're listening to James Vincent McMorrow. The song is Rising Water. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week on uh, the show, we asked you, we got talking about cars and driving and our you know first driving experiences. Did we ever. And uh, we asked you, what are the most memorable stories from your early driving days? You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and you posted on the podcast episode page at RelevantMagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. <laughs> Noah Carmen. His name, last name is Carmen. So, uh, like, yeah. like San Diego. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we need, that's what we need that in Carmen. here is a Carmen album. Like a riot. Well, yeah. I don't think it would double platinum. Oh, I'm sure it did. <laughs> I'm confident it did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lifeway Christian stores, they don't yeah. throw out their Carmen albums. Yeah, yeah. Right. They're, they're in a safe zone. So DC Talk got too liberal, yeah. right? Yeah. With, their, with, uh, with Kevin Max's artistry and stuff. Yeah. They had to distance they, themselves yeah, they from to, it. You know, trash it behind the abandoned Quiznos where the Goodwill found it. Um, <laughs> by the way, what happened to Quiznos, guys? That was a good hot that toasted. Place, that place was really good. It was toasted, but uh, I yeah. always thought, uh, you know what my problem was with Quiznos, but it was only my problem. I always thought, this is going to take too long. And But then the, the, it, did a, it was a nice quick sandwich. Yeah. I, I, I'm not on the Quiznos train. I, I, I like a number of other hot sandwich places better than Quiznos. Yeah, me too. I'm not saying it was my favorite. I'm saying... You're just surprised if, that they vanished right. or almost overnight. Right. If I'm at University of Vermont, I'm in the quad, and it's between Quiznos and w- Quiznos nothing Quiznos is the tower records of the sandwich yeah. uh, industry. It, 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 was, it, right. was, just, it was big. It was everywhere, and it, was, it went It away. was a comet. It burned hot and fast <laughs> and <laughs> flew a little too close <laughs> to the sand. There, there you go. Okay. So Noah Carmen... No, yeah, mm, toasty. Noah Carmen said that uh, this happened to his younger brother. It was one of the first times behind the wheel. So uh, his mom took him and his brother to an empty, large, empty parking lot. She parked the brand new Ford Explorer next to a building and had my brother back it up. <laughs> I don't know. I, reading this, I, I'm having trouble like picturing the sequence of events that happened between his brother's mind and his hands that were operating the car. But that's kind of why it's funny. Instead of backing up uh, straight, he somehow managed to do a large semicircle and smash the passenger side of the vehicle into the building, not only wrecking the brand new car, but causing several thousands of dollars worth of damage to the building. Since that day, he has never learned to drive. No way. Yeah. Never learned to drive. Yeah. Traumatic first experience. Never do it again. My dad. It's like those adults who don't swim because they got (laughs) scared once when they were a kid and never went back. I one time. Your dad uh, can't swim? I didn't say my dad. He said his no, dad. No, I said my, my dad, oh. uh, he, <laughs> growing up, the, uh, he had a, a car lot with like a garage behind it where guys would, you know, clean up cars or yeah. fix them off or whatever. And I worked there one summer and uh, I didn't realize that whoever parked this like stick shift car had parked it in first gear. Yeah. And so like I started it with my foot like on the clutch or whatever. And it literally, it was just like starting it and flooring it directly <laughs> into the side of a garage <laughs> where like six dudes are working. Uh, wow. Really? So it was like a steel garage. So it just like reverberated. And like, I didn't know what happened. It was, it was just imagine, imagine starting the car with your foot on the gas and just slamming it to a wall. Okay. <laughs> but, it, but it was a steel wall and people were working directly behind said steel wall. Oh, man. So wow. they all came out and they saw me and, uh, 
I don't. They never told my dad. They banged. The, they said we won't tell him, and they banged the hammer. They banged oh, the dent out. Yeah. What? So sorry, Dad. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to read the comment that somebody left in the other notable moments part. Oh. You know how you can edit the yeah. and people do a great job. Yeah, the little wiki area. Yeah. Somebody put the their comment in podcast that. episode. So page. not going to read that. Um, but uh, so somebody left their show feedback in yeah. the wiki <laughs> right. of the show. Okay. Right. That seems this, to me that it's probably really good feedback. Like, yeah, I really want probably thinking, this is going to be a highlight of this episode, yeah, my yeah, feedback. Yeah. It will be a notable moment, notably, <laughs> that I'm not reading it. Um, Barrett said, this was dumb, which, <laughs> which he's right, um, said, my friends and I would tie uh, one of us up and throw them into the trunk of the car. We'd roll up to a gas station or some other busy place, and then the kidnapped, in quote, person would jump out and run down the street while we chased them. <laughs> Pretty funny until the son of our pastor a police officer caught us doing this mm. can you believe that who would ever do that son of the pastor classic son of the pastor movie. my buddy i remember my first buddy who was like the one in the group that had turned 16 first and yeah. got his driver's license yeah i was over at his house that on his birthday and his parents were leaving right and uh they were like okay you can go out in your car but you can only take jesse like you can't, I, we don't want to see, we don't want a bunch of people. This is your first day with your driver's license. Yeah. You can't have a bunch of people. So they left and we got in the car and Eric's like, all right, let's go pick a bunch of people up. And so we like, <laughs> we like filled it. We filled the car. It's like, like a Shriner every, car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're like into skateboarding at the time. It's oh. like 16. We're going to go skateboarding or whatever, you know? And one of the guys was like, dude, they got this thing at a uh, uh, 7-Eleven right now where it's like 99 cent big gulps, right? So we all go and fill up like the gigantic cups, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so we, it's packed with people in yeah. the car. And every one of them is holding big gulps filled to the brim. What could right? go wrong? <laughs> so Eric's, my buddy is like nosing out of the 7-Eleven, you know? No. And it's the first time you drive. And he's and, and one of the guys is like, dude, I think I think we're poking out too far here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, he's like, oh, shoot. And he's like, oh, you're right. You know, and it's like that moment of panic. So he puts it in reverse and just hits the gas. Oh, oh no. no. And someone's behind you. A line of cars had already <laughs> oh, lined up. No. Oh, We rammed yeah. the car behind us. Oh, it's like, big gulps oh. go every like every guy in the car like you know like you know when you're in like a minor yeah even at that speed like you cause you to kind of fling your hands up yeah big gulp we're dr- everyone in the car is drenched in big oh, gulps no. <laughs> he gets out gets screamed at by this lady they end up not calling the cops or whatever wow. we, we we end up you know doing a thing going home and uh his parents were like how was the evening out or whatever like oh it was good yeah me and they're Jess. like uh so i guess we you settled that fender bender that uh <gasps> we they were coincidentally shut at a store across the street that's the holy spirit right there man that's yes. my mom would yes. so my mom would use something like that and be like that god led us there and you will not, we will always be there yeah. like you, you yeah. like that wow. to put the fear of god in me like we're always seeing I everything i guess right. you settled that fender bender yeah oh yeah. that is crushing wow yeah. gosh yeah. that was the best feedback there could be yeah. <laughs> well there's a lot more if you want to go check them out or join in you can uh, hit up last week's podcast episode page 
Okay, so for this week's editorial question of the week, it's hey. Well, uh, it's officially the end of August, which means kind of like wherever you are, colleges are back in session and, and, and students are hitting the campuses again. Well, University of Vermont does not start till mid-December. <laughs> they have a two-week session. Everywhere, everywhere but Vermont is back on campus, back in school. And uh, it got us thinking about those awkward first days of the semester, yeah. you know, like you're moving into a new dorm, you've got the new roommate, your you know, right. new classes, new everything, right. you know. And uh, and we just what what I got us thinking about was like specifically the roommate situation. Mm-hmm. You know, you're thrust into uh, tight quarters with a complete stranger. It's a special kind of hell. Can, can, <laughs> I, can, I, can I tell one real quick? Why wouldn't you? It's uh, moving in freshman year. A bunch of guys didn't really know each other. You know, we're freshmen, so we don't have any ways. And still, like at the time, I was like eighteen. Still, the skateboarding thing. So we didn't have any. You know, we didn't know what was cool Kinda to stuck do. Stuck on that fad for a while, didn't you? <laughs> well, so they were like, "Hey, there's a skate park. Oh, maybe all these dudes on the, these young guys on the wing can go." It was like very early in the semester. We go, and one of the guys is wearing like those gigantic, like EDM rave Jinko pants with like oh, a thousand shit. straps on them. You know what I'm talking? <laughs> and he's wearing rollerblades. Oh, God. <laughs> We're there five minutes, <laughs> and he hits this ramp. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like at like full rollerblade sprint oh, speed. Oh, tell me. Something goes wrong with the pants. Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> he biffs it so hard and so high in the air. Like, yeah. you just see pant, like crazy neon, yeah. like checkered denim pant oh. just flying through the air. I love right? him. I mean, we're like, so we just got there. Yeah. He he had broken his arm. Oh, no. <laughs> Why is that funny? You're laughing at a man's pain. This is a, this this is a is freshman true. and you're yeah, dormant. It's funny. I ended up, later. I was the only one. I stayed at the hospital with him for like three hours while I got a cast on it. Oh, he's such God. a nice guy. A nice yeah, I, person. I didn't want to leave him. It felt like a jerk. I mean, but he should have known rollerblades in those pants were not going to work out, did especially it, hitting a ramp at that kind of speed. Did his personality fit the outfit once? You <laughs> oh yeah, out? for oh, sure, for oh, sure. Yeah, he was that guy. But it also fit the it also fit the mold of like you should not be going that fast on rollerblades, much less that fast toward a huge ramp. <laughs> He's like back home. I'm a ref at a roller rink. And where, like, where I watch one move and I'm like. Clearly, dude, you've never even attempted a ramp before on those rollerblades. <laughs> you, you did not know what you were doing. Yeah, were, so it was a little awkward. I mean, we we didn't like hang out a lot after that. Not because of that, but just you know, if you're, not, you're not a jinko kind of guy. Yeah, well, it wasn't so much. I think it's when you survive like a traumatic experience with somebody, like when the week of meeting them, it's either going to go one or two ways. You're going to be the best friends, or just like that was a weird thing that happened. You know what I mean? We got it. Kind of, it kind of, <laughs> you know. So we kind of want to know uh, your stories of the latter. Well, that was a weird thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we want to know your memorable roommate or dorm or new campus kind of uh, experience stories. Yeah, uh, hit us up on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com where we're going to be posting pictures of all of our new stuff and our videos and all the stuff that happened this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, or you can hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and we will read our favorites on the show next week. Well, many thanks to our show sponsors. Remember, at audible.com, you can get a free 30-day trial by signing up at audible.com slash relevant. Uh, it it uh, gives you 30 days, and it supports the show. So yeah. we appreciate it. And also, Blue Apron. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash relevant. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash relevant. 
And thanks also to Nate Bergazzi for coming through the studio. Make sure to check out uh, him on Twitter at Nate Bergazzi and uh, follow him, see him live, follow him on YouTube. He's yeah. hilarious, dude. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Uh, and remember, go over to RollingMagazine.com and subscribe to the magazine. It's only a buck a month, and the new issue is out now. We'll tell you all about it next week. Uh, we think you'll like it. And if you subscribe today, you'll get the new issue. And uh, some big changes are around the corner with yeah. the magazine. And so subscribe now to make sure to be part of all that. Uh, and on that note, we will wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Chandler Strang. We'll see you next week. for listening to the relevant podcast connect with us on twitter at relevant podcast and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. and don't forget to check the magazine out it's available on newsstands and at the itunes app store or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe Yeah, they, they call it they call it the bottom ship because it looks like looks like two blunt butt cheeks. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hand off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.